What's up, friends and followers of War Media? This is Kyle Means. I want to put y'all up on something real cool, and that's involving our friends at TixBlitz.com, where they got all types of great offers for seats and uh, on events of all kinds. Uh, they hooked us up with a promo code that is promo code WAR, W-A-R-R. You use that and you can save 5% off all purchases at TixBlitz.com or on the TixBlitz app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all events. TixBlitz provides the same great seats as other resellers, but with no service fees. None at all, y'all. I'm telling you, this is the hookup, man. We put you on. Alright. So hook so uh, support us, our friends at TixBlitz.com and never pay service fees again. That once again, TixBlitz.com, TixBlitz app available everywhere, y'all. Welcome to this post big game edition, the Monday edition of Second City Sports, live and in living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sandy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. Also, mm-hmm. so you can watch any of our other five five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss them, you can watch them and listen to them. Go back and we, because they're archived and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you also follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, that's Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you want to follow. Our podcast, the audio version, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, okay? W-A-R-R on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on, once again, on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media, W-A-R-R Media, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. And if you want to have a comment on today's show, doing our uh, less than now two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid or you still have not recovered from your Super Bowl parties from the last night, mm-hmm. Lakina will politely give you the beer land beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when I say that. <laughs> Let's kick off this first hour of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. Lakina by reviewing last night's Super Bowl. The NFL's uh, championship edition, the 56th edition. We can say Super Bowl now, I guess, Lakina. So the big game. 
Can mm. we do that? Sure. Yes. All right. As long as we don't get in trouble. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are your 2021 Super Bowl champions after coming from behind and defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20. to Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, who did not play in the Super Bowl three years ago when the Rams lost to the Patriots in Atlanta. He was, he was your Super Bowl MVP for the game last night. Matthew Stafford will get into the numbers. He threw two turnovers but came back and threw two touchdown passes. On the flip side, Joe Burrow was sacked multiple times. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of that in, in just a minute. And the Cincinnati defense was great early, but they were shredded late. And mm -hmm. other and there were other intangibles that we are going to discuss. Lakina, let's start off with the first half. The Rams jumped up on the Cincinnati Bengals early 7 to nothing, courtesy of a Matthew Stafford touchdown pass to OBJ, i.e. Odell Beckham Jr., for those of you scoring at home. Remember I told you on Friday, Lakina, Kuba Cup was going to get double. He did early, but I, I expected OBJ to have a good game. He was on his way to doing that. He had two catches for 52 yards uh, in, uh, in the game last night, but he left the game uh, late in the first half with a knee injury. Uh, and according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, it's a torn ACL. And if that's the case, that stinks for him because he's a free agent and he's going to be gone for the year, unfortunately. Could he make it back in time to play some games next year? Let's hope so. But for right now, Good news and bad news for Mr. OBJ. Yeah, and that's the same knee injury he suffered, the same ACL that he suffered um, a couple years back. So, you know, a, a re-tear of that. But, uh, yeah, look, it, well, and we talked about it before we started recording, Sid. I mean, mm -hmm. was it, you know, like an all-time great Super Bowl? No. I mean, was it sort of, you know, was it better than last year's? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, was it, you know, it got, it, it was kind of whole hum for like maybe the early parts of the, the fourth quarter. I think they were still sort of, you know, feeling out. I mean, you thought that maybe once the Rams started struck early, you thought, okay, maybe, maybe this will end up being a blowout. That wasn't the case. You know, Stafford throw that Stafford threw that interception. You know, to Jefferson or to try to get Jefferson on the on the um, on the goal line, and you know, they, they got intercepted by the um, by the Bengals uh, corner, and you know, it was just one of those things where you're sort of like, okay, you know, this. And like I said before, I mean, this could have this game could have went a different direction. It didn't go to any of those four directions. You know, if you guys go back and mm -hmm. listen to the Friday show, but uh, I mean, it, it was fine. I mean, look, I'll say this for Super Bowls, I'll give it maybe a solid, you know, B minus, you know, B or something like that. Because I think for me, you know, look, was it, it was better than last year's. I mean, that's all you could ask for there. And it actually ended up being a great game. And there were some questionable calls. Yes, you know. We'll get into them. Hmm. We'll get into that in a second. But yeah, hmm. I mean, look, I think Cooper Cup, you know, showed you why a lot of people were lobbying for him to get MVP and you know, regular season MVP, I should say. For me, I think this is, this probably could have been one of the cases where it's only happened once, but you wonder that maybe they should have went the co MVP routes. You know, the last time that happened, the only time that happened was uh, Super Bowl twelve when Dallas um, hammered Denver pretty easily. You know, uh, Randy White and the late great uh, Harvey Martin, you know, won the. Uh, won the MVP there for, you know, because their defense just, you know, just manhandled that Broncos. Mm -hmm. Go back and watch that suit. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's just like I said, we'll, we'll get to all this in a second, but if you want to, you know, go by the numbers here and let the, you know, the Rams could get the running game going. You know, they just like, it was really a brick wall. They mm -hmm. only average under two under two yards per rush. That's like, they're 15 to average fewer than that, you know, fewer than two plus Two, you know, two yards in the Super Bowl. They're the only team to uh to to win that game, to win their Super Bowl. So that's so you know just a just a remark whether they were able to overcome that. 
Von Miller and Aaron Donald both had uh, two sacks tonight. Well, they had to go over two sacks, you know, three sacks actually. And this was the second time that you know both record, you know, two a pair of teammates both recorded, you know, two full sacks until you know since you know sacks became official back in the early '80s. The other instance was you know when Von Miller won MVP in that Super Bowl, he and Demarcus Ware, uh, you know, each had at least two sacks. So you know it was just all all around great performance, especially once you know OBJ got hurt. You got to think that the Rams defense had to step up, and those last couple of possessions, you know, Bengals possessions they did. There was a little bit of a scuffle, you know, like right before, I think like half, like midway through the uh, the fourth quarter, with Donald and a couple of the old line guys from the. Bengals. I want to touch on that too later on in this hour. I want to okay. touch on that and relate it back to closer to home. I'll bookmark that. Okay, so you know, I think that will come up. I think, you know, especially once a big play, you know, he, I think, I think that was Higgins that he was trying to, uh, Burrow was trying to throw the ball to, and. You know, he came emerge and you know, had that, you know, he had that little symbol, you know, the ring symbol of finally getting the ring. So it, it's it, like I said before, I mean, there were, we'll, we'll get to all that in a second. But my overall impression was it was a solid game, you know, an all time great game. No, better than last year's. Yes. But I thought it was a it was an entertaining Super Bowl. We'll, listen, we'll get to all those parameters in, such in a second. But what do you think? Um, I, like I, like I said before, I thought it was a very good game. I was entertained. It was a close game. Yeah, yes, some a couple of periods where whether uh, it was low or boring, but hey, it was very competitive, and I have no problems with that. We'll go through uh, all the other pomp and circumstances later on this hour. But mm-hmm. as far as the game is concerned, uh, I was entertained, and I, I didn't. It, it wasn't once that I wanted to turn the channel and watch something else because it was boring. Uh, I was very entertained. It came down to basically the last play, and that's mm-hmm. what you wanted. We got it, and uh, the correct team team won. Yeah, yeah. The better I team agree. won, I should say. Well, yeah, the better team won. I think. I, look, I think the you look know, the the Bengals had numerous chances to put the game to put mm-hmm. the game away. Um, Tyler Boyd had a key drop that could have sealed the, the win for the Bengals. Um, you know, there were a couple of play calls. You think, yeah, maybe they should, you know, give them the ball to mix in, you know, especially in that fourth, you know, that's third or fourth down, you know, P Ryan, but you know, of course, Aaron Donald just, you know, just like was a brick wall. He's just like, no, no, you're not getting that first down. Say thing, he rushed Burrow and he, you know, he made an error throw and just, you know, it was totally up underneath um, Higgins's feet. And that, that, that was all she wrote there. So again, I mean, overall, like I said before, I mean, yeah, it was kind of whole home, you know, especially, you know, going into the third quarter, especially when the Bengals came out and, you know, had an interception and then, you know, they led to a touchdown and then it led to a, they had another uh, camera when they led to a field goal and, now you know, but look, the Rams you know, did what they could. You know, did what did what they had to do. You know, the defense you know made some stops. You know, Ramsey was a non-factor. I mean, you know, but you know, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's one of those days where look. I mean, will it be like the, an all-time great Super Bowl? No, but I said, like I said, it was a solid game. It was entertaining. Like I said before, it was better than last year. I'm gonna keep preface that, but yeah, I, I thought it was an overall good game. <clears throat> You listen to Second City Sports, the post big game edition, the Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Cecilia Kenny here with you. Uh, wrapping up the first quarter scoring, Evan McPherson nailed a 29 yard field goal to cut the lead to seven to three as the Bengals got on the board. As I think I told you on Friday, if they were going to score in that first possession, it would be a field goal. That's exactly what happened. In the second quarter, Cooper Cup scored. One of his first two touchdowns on an 11 yard pass for Matthew Stafford. Uh, the two point Pass conversion fa- failed for the Rams, so that's why it was 13-3. The, the 
the halftime score is 13-10, courtesy of Teague Higgins' uh, touchdown catch from mm -hmm. a halfback pass option, courtesy of Joe Mixon. And so the Bengals finally got their game going in, in the second quarter. Like, you know, I, I told you on Friday, Joe Mixon had to be a factor and run close to 100 yards for the Bengals uh, to win this game. And that first half looked like he uh, he was the only one that got, that got it going for the Bengals offensively. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was a – that was a big key there. And, you know, that, that, you know, that, that pass was just remarkable. I think he played quarterback too for, I think at one point, I think I remember him saying that, but yeah, it was, look, I said before, I think, you know, the Bengals, you know, I think, I don't want to say that had, you know, Stafford not throwing that end zone interception, you know, could it have been a blowout? Maybe, you know, people have wondered about that, but you know, it, it's, it's look, I, I always feel that maybe, you know, high size 2020 with some of these type of things, you know, there wasn't that, you know, we were, I always talk to our buddy Kyle, uh, there wasn't that, that big, like, moment, that, that big, like, gotcha moment where, you know, as with other Super Bowls, where the, a, a moment stood out. You know, there was a, you know, there was some, you know, questionable, you know, plays, there were some questionable calls, some people felt like, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're sort of like, okay, that's, you know, it's, you know, like, I mean, like, I mean, Super Bowl, you know, we talked about, you know, will this lead to a dynasty? Will either one of these teams be back? Which team is, especially with all the, the rumors that maybe Aaron Donald might retire or maybe Sean McVay right, might retire. You know, McVay now, you know, being the old, you know, the youngest coach to ever win. You know, he just turned 36 about a, not even a month ago. You know, he, he takes over that record. Um, you know, it, it's just maybe, you know, Andrew Whitworth, you got to be happy for him. He won, he ended up winning Walter Payton Man of the Year, mm -hmm. now gets his Super Bowl ring, you know, the rumors that he may retire. Eric Weddle's already said, hey, I got my ring, you know, bye. <laughs> like, I see you. you know, I was see on the you. couch for two years. <laughs> I was on the couch for two years. I was coaching my kids' high school team. Good night, everybody. Like, I got my ring now. Bye. You know, the exit stays left. So, uh, but, you know, Cincy, I mean, I, I feel like maybe Cincy, it's going to be tough for them to come back, go back because they're in the AFC. And their division is hard too. I think they, I don't want to say they benefited, but I think that with the fact that, you know, Baltimore had, you know, number of injuries, you know, and uh, Steelers, you don't know where they're going to go at quarterback or Cleveland, you know, they may have, they may have, a, have it a little easy, but I, I feel like they're going to have the tougher road considering that they have to deal with the Chiefs. They have to deal with the Chargers. We'll see where New England is next year. And, you know, we'll see where Indy and, you know, Tennessee, where they are. But, you know, it, it's sort of like if you have to choose between the two, who's going to end up maybe going back to the Super Bowl next year? I think the Rams are the favorite, you know, despite everybody saying that they're going to retire. But if you have a question or comment for us uh, from uh, about the yesterday's big game in the Rams winning the uh, Super Bowl for the 56th edition, you can go to Facebook, uh, Sports on Chicago's Facebook page. Say that five times fast. Uh, Facebook, <laughs> uh, Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments. So Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Uh, coming out, out of halftime, Lakina, Cincinnati, as you, as you mentioned, they struck first with the T. Higgins 75-yard uh, pass from Joe Burrow, uh, which, uh, which gave Cincinnati the lead at 17-13. But th there was some controversy on that play. Both players, Higgins and Jalen Ramsey, were attacking at one another, grabbing each other's helmets, and that's how T. Higgins got free. And, and I said to myself at the time, it, it, the refs are going to let them 
um, decide the game on their own. They should do this the whole game. We'll get to the fourth quarter and what happened to all that madness and just a moment down in the Rams end zone. But this was a very good play. You mentioned Jalen Ramsey didn't have a good game. I thought after he gave up that big play to Jamar Chase early in the game in the first half, mm-hmm. uh, uh, they kind of set him back uh, for the rest of the night. And T. Higgins took advantage of it. The far judge, uh, um, side judge did not see it. He caught the ball and ran it down the left side uh, for the touchdown. Cincinnati grabbed the lead there. And then Evan McPherson um, nailed the 38-yard field goal to give the Bengals a seven-point lead at 20-13. to That was the last points that the Bengals would score in, the, in, that, uh, in that game last night and for the season. And of course, Matt Gay closed the third quarter with the field goal from 41, 41 yards out to cut the, that Bengals lead 20-16. to Lakina, that third quarter, the, uh, the offense was still struggling for the Rams. That Rams defense kept them in it, in particular Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I think in that third quarter alone, the Rams had a total of four sacks. Yeah, they did. And, you know, well, seven sacks, actually, if you want to. I was just saying for the third quarter. For the third quarter. For the third quarter, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that that third quarter, I think it was defense that kept them in it. And, look, I mean, the Bengals could have easily pulled away from that game. They didn't. You know, the fact that they mm-hmm. were able to, you know, they held the Bengals to a field goal in that second, you know, that second uh, possession that they had and the fact that they were able to kind of, you know, keep it sort of, you know, like tamed. And I think that, you know, I think the ba- especially once, like I said, once OBJ got hurt, I think the bang, the, the, the Rams defense realized that they had to, they're going to have to keep them in it. So that's what they did. You know, they, they, they shored up, you know, they kept, they got more aggressive in the fourth quarter, you know, they started blitzing bro and then more. And, you know, mm-hmm. you started seeing that, you know, okay, you know, maybe this was a game that we thought that we were going to get with the Rams defense. So, once all that happened, and, and look, I think Ramsey did not play a good game. He'll he'll probably be the first person to tell you that. You thought that maybe, you know, he could have this could have been like a breakout game for him. It wasn't, and he's gonna have to live with that. You know, they won anyway. They made adjustments, and look, it, it's sort of one of those things where you wonder, okay, you know, if it had not been for the Rams defense sort of you know kicking it into gear, especially in the second half, you know, who knows where this game would have went. In the fourth quarter, scoring was the game-winning touchdown from Stafford to Cooper Cup with a minute 25 left from a yard out. Lakina, before that play, Cooper Cup uh, caught, uh, which we thought at the time was the game-winning touchdown pass, but oh, they were both offsetting penalties, one on each team. And then, of course, which set up that game-winning touchdown was that pass interference on Eli Apple. That call I did not have a problem with because Eli Apple tucked on uh, Cooper Cup's jersey the whole way. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to do that. So you got caught red-handed there. Was that the reason why the Bengals lost that game? No. But I understood why they had Cooper Cup in check all night. I believe he only had a total of three or four catches through the first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the Rams found him in the fourth quarter. Of course, uh, we all thought that, that Rams uh, offense, which struggled in the third quarter, was going to struggle into the fourth quarter especially with the injury to Odell Beckham Jr. But it was a couple of guys that st- uh, stepped up. Darrell Henderson out of the r- uh, running back position. He was a better pass catcher out of the backfield. And Cooper Cup, uh, the, uh, the things started to open up for him in the fourth, which uh, led him to that game-winning touchdown catch. Yeah, I think that drive, I mean, that, oh, my gosh, that was a long drive. 15 plays. One of probably like the fourth long, fourth, you know, the longest fourth quarter go-ahead touchdown drive by – you know, by the number of plays in Super Bowl history. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, if you're the Bengals, you know, you're kicking yourself, you're kicking yourself with that one too, because it's always something. You know, they've lost all three Super Bowls they lost. They've all lost, they've only lost by 12 points. That's a total margin. But that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sort of, you're, you're, it's one of those things where, of course, if, you're, if you remember 
uh, the the last you know the, the game winning drive you know with John you know Joe Montana John Taylor mm-hmm. and you know that and that meeting so it's definitely you know you you feel for Cincy and look there were multiple you know reasons why Cincy lost that game I mean yeah there were kind of some questionable calls late I mean I, I'm not you know freaking out over you know I, I know you know Bengals fans are not happy you know mm-hmm. I, I know that the schools are you know they're you know, all the scores are closed today in Cincy. I know they're kind of, you know, wallowing in that, but I've heard like people were crying this morning, Bengals fans over the calls and such. But look, like, look, I mean, the Bengals have multiple chances to put this game away. It's just that the, you know, the Rams defense sort of just said, no, 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 you're, you're not, you're not advancing the ball even further. I mean, the fourth quarter was kind of early on was kind of whole hum up until that play. You know, that, yeah. that, uh, that that drive by the Rams. So I think it was just, you know, trying to get, get some stops. I mean, you know, yes, there was some, you know, the holding call, you know, prior to that was a little bit suspect. But, it, you know, I mean, I guess that was a make, you can say that was a makeup call from earlier, you know, with Higgins, you know, that he didn't get, he didn't get called for. The Apple one, that, that was, you know, yes, that was the mm-hmm. way he was tucking on Cup. I mean, that was definitely uh, a foul there. But, you know, look, you could have made a stop, Cincy. I mean, look, your your defense actually played pretty good. It was actually able to tame the Rams' offense for the most part, but you just couldn't do it when it counted. Yeah, and speaking of that Rams' defense, uh, uh, what a way to end, end that game last night with Aaron Donald pressuring Joe Burrow to basically throw the ball off, off his rhythm. But in the beginning of, the, of that drive, I had the pleasure of watching the Super Bowl feed via ESPN International. They had the Monday Night Football crew calling the game, Louis mm-hmm. Riddick. Steve Levy and Brian Greasy, and on that first play of that of that Cincinnati drive, which uh, ended up to be a uh, four and out, uh, Jamar Chase had a catch and he ran it down the sideline. Uh, I think he ran it past midfield. And if you watch closely on on that play, Jalen Ramsey trying to uh, jump the route and he mistimed it by a couple of seconds. And I thought Lewis Riddick uh, made a great comment that Jalen Ramsey he thought it was uh, that he was trying to be selfish. I get you was trying to make a play, but yeah, basically, you had Jamar Chase in check. You gave up a big play to him uh, early in the game. He was a non-factor up until the last drive. But uh, Jalen Ramsey, who, like you said, he did not have a great game. He, uh, it, it really could have been worse for him right there. But uh, thank goodness, if you're a Rams fan, it didn't turn out that way. But Aaron Donald had two sacks. I think four quarterback hits, and mm-hmm. I thought he should have gotten MVP. I thought it should have been co-MVPs. Uh, him and Cooper Cup, unfortunately. Um, some folks in the media don't use common sense, but with that being said, like you said, Von, Von Miller showed up when he had to, and Aaron Donald, uh, like, remind me to talk about that play uh, when he hit Burrow almost out of bounds following this timeout. But uh, that third quarter right there kept uh, that defense kept the Rams in it, and with that hit that Donald provided on Burrow, uh, that that woke that whole team up. Yeah, and I think that well, and I and I feel like that particular play, you know, that where he he it was it was legal, you know, he wasn't out of you know, mm-hmm. bro was not out of bounds. Yeah, I know, like I said, I know some of the, the old line guys kind of took that personally, but I feel like it was legal, and I think that you know that was a little bit of a scuffle, and you know, the good news is they didn't call any flags. Yeah, I think they both both teams just got warnings. You know, the players you know, involved got warnings. I think I think that woke them up. I think that sort of like they needed something to kind of like you know get you know kind of wake everybody up because I think you know with OBJ's injury and the fact that the Bengals, you know, took a, had to take the lead at that point and, you know, with everything else, they were driving and such. And I think that they needed something to kind of, you know, get, you know, kind of wake everybody up. And I think that that scuffle, I think, did just that. 
More on the review of Super Bowl 56 in the LA Rams uh, Super Bowl championship from last night. Uh, did you watch the halftime show? What did you think about the commercials? Oh, and will the, will the Rams Super Bowl championship bring football back to its number one spot in Los Angeles? We, we'll have our answers and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Monday edition of Second City Sports live in the living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NHL tomorrow night, the Blackhawks visit the Blues. 7 o'clock puck drop from St. Louis. Chicago 17, 23, and 7, 41 points near the basement of the Central Division. The Blues winless in two. They have 57 points, 13 points out of first place. Overall, they're 26, 14, and 5. NBA tonight, the Bulls are home against the Timberwolves. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off at United Center. Chicago tied with Cleveland and Milwaukee, a game and a half out of first place behind the Heat in the Eastern Conference. Quick turnaround, right back at it tomorrow night, hosting the Thunder. Former Bears quarterback Jim McMahon says he's in favor of a new stadium at Arlington Heights. Last September, the Bears said they agreed to buy the former Arlington International Race Course for close to $200 million. They expect to close on it sometime in the next year. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey team, it's a full house. We gotta pick up the pace. At Hank's restaurant, the line goes around the block. Is this for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh man. Are the quail breasts still in the sous vide? Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the hashtag Monday edition, the hashtag post big game review of the Super Bowl between the, the Rams and the Bengals. We're live in the 11 color right here on Sports on Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, uh, we, we talked, uh, teased this before the break. Um, the Aaron Donald hit on Joe Burrow, uh, right in midway through that third quarter. And like you say, it was a scuffle, but thinkers it really didn't get out of hand. I like the way the Cincinnati Bengals teammates, in, in particular his office alignment, uh, they got in Aaron Donald's face and say, Hey, that's our quarterback. You don't do that. And I know. We said this before that that sparked the, the the whole attitude and it turned that game around. Not just for that defense for the Rams, but for that whole football team. I was thinking about this last night when, when I watched it live. I hope that new Chicago Bears GM Ryan Poles is looking at this. Of course, if you uh, read the story over the past couple of weeks, of course we we said this um, on our previous shows that the new coaching staffs are looking at film from this past season. And especially with the Bears, what heck, now ex-head coach Matt Nagy did, 
you you're gonna have to have three or four garbage cans to bark to see uh, what you're watching if you this new coach and say with Matt Eberflus. But I hope that GM Ryan Poles watched that very closely last night. I know the story came out that he didn't like the way his uh, the lack of attitude. I'm just paraphrasing here the lack of attitude that the that the the previous regime had with Matt Nagy in particular that hit on Justin Fields in the preseason against Buffalo. Of course, you know what happened on Monday night. Tevin Jenkins, the rookie, he mm -hmm. took up for Justin Fields, but all the rest of the other guys were were MIA. I hope that new GM Ryan Post takes that film and shows it to his guys right before training camp. This is the attitude we're going to set. You either in or, or you out. When one of your guys is down, you stick up for them. You take up for them unless they do something absolutely stupid. But regardless of that, that's your quarterback. Justin Fields is our franchise quarterback. If something happens to you, that's your guy. You take up for him. You take up for your guys. You really have to play for one another and you stick up for one another. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, yes, you look, you, you commend the, like I say, you commend the Bengals, you know, the old line for sticking up for their guy, you know, that's their, you know, their quarterback and such. But also at the same time, too, like I said, I mean, the Rams, I kind of woke up the Rams, I think, in a little bit in a lot of ways because, you know, they were very aggressive, you know, until then. And of course, you had that long drive for the, you know, that last possession. So, yeah, it, it's sort of one of those days where you're like, you're like, it, sometimes it could spark the team on, on both ends. You know, sometimes it, you know, it, it sparks it, you know, it sparks, you know, the other, the other team, and, but other times it can spark you. And, and look, I think that's what you want. I think you want your own line to defend their guy, you know, your friend, especially you have franchise QB. Now, as far as this particular scuffle, I mean, look, I think hopefully this will wake up the, the Bengals brass and perhaps maybe, Hey, why don't you invest in a, in a quarter in a, an old line for your franchise quarterback? And I think that's what the Bears need to do. So <laughs> it, it's sort of one of those days where it kind of it's sort of a catch twenty two in the end. But like I said before, I mean, look, it's one of those. Like I said, I think that play, I think woke the Rams up. I think because they, like I said, they needed that that mm -hmm. pick me up. Especially, I'm sure they were getting discouraged with OBJ, you know, hurt and such. So mm -hmm. I think they really needed that that kind of you know that sort of like that passion, you know, from Donald and then just so hey, come on guys, let, let's get going here. We're still in this. So and they were able to kind of do that and. And look, I think if you're the Bengals, like I said before, invest in some O line. You know, you're gonna have to do it through the draft because it's hard to find an O line, you know, through free agency. But yeah, you know, but yeah, like, like I said, I think that particular play, I think I don't want to say it kind of turned the corner for the Rams, but I think it definitely sort of gave them that pick me up that they desperately needed. Taking a look at the numbers from last night's contest. First of all, the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford, 26 of 40 for 283 yards, three touchdown passes, and two interceptions. His quarterback rating was at a stellar 89.9. In the rushing department, Cam Akers, 13 carries, 21 yards. Cooper Cup had a carry for seven yards on the end of the round. Uh, Darrell Henderson, four carries for seven yards. Matthew Stafford, three carries for six. Sonny Michelle, two carries for two yards. In the receiving department, your MVP, Cooper Cup, had eight catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. He was targeted 10 times. Odell Beckham Jr., as I mentioned earlier, two catches, 50 yards in the first quarter touchdown before he left the game with a knee injury. And Darrell Henderson out of the backfield, as I mentioned earlier, three catches for 43 yards. Van Jefferson, congratulations on him for becoming a father. And his famous father, Sean Jefferson, who I remember watching playing for back in the day, he's now a grandfather. Van mm -hmm. Jefferson, the rookie wide receiver, had four catches for 23 yards. 
Well, also, I know some people were wondering, like, how come he didn't have a great game? Look, I mean, his wife, you know, his, her water broke like, right there at the game. So it might have been why that, you know, he might have been distracted. You know, they had a young son, by the way, now, in addition to their daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of one of those things where, you know, like, like I said before, I mean, the, the run game, you know, was not existent for the Rams. But again, they were able to kind of compensate and kind of made it work. I mean, they tried, you know, they tried with Akers, they tried with Henderson Jr. It was just like a brick wall. It wasn't happening. So they, they they abandoned that and you know they they decided to go on the ground uh, on the air and that's what ended up happening. Henderson made some you know key key catches as well and also to like I said of course you know Cup did what he did so yeah it's sort of like I said before I think you know they knew you know, they were they tried to be aggressive it wasn't you know, with the run game it didn't work but yet they were able to kind of come back and use the air you know the air attack to kind of you know sort of compensate that and they were able to kind of pull it off late. So especially in that, remember, if you remember in that 15 play drive, it was kind of like, you know, it got a little bit of the run game going, but it was mostly mm-hmm. air and of course penalties and such. So that kind of, you know, helped sort of propel that and perhaps ultimately end up winning the game. On the flip side for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, 22 of 33, 263 yards, a touchdown in his quarterback rating was at, at a 101.0. In the rushing department, Joe Mixon, 15 carries, 72 yards, and his average was a 4.8. Receiving-wise, T. Higgins, the only receiver that had a 100-yard game, he had four catches for exactly 100 yards. Of course, his longest catch was that 75-yard touchdown catch to start the second half. Jamar Chase, five catches, 89 yards. Tyler Boyd, five catches for 48. C.J. Uzama, uh, the tight end who was injured from the AFC title game, he had two catches for uh, 11 yards. Lakina in the Cincinnati defense sack Joe Burrow only twice. Lakina, Cincinnati had it going on from the second quarter in, in into uh, the sec early in the second half, but after that field goal, uh, midway through the third quarter, that that's where we mentioned the Rams defense turned it on. I don't know what was going through the mind of Zach Taylor. Was he trying to be conservative or what? But it just seemed like that magic was. Uh, think, give credit to the Rams defense first of all, but it just seemed like that magic and that consistency, uh, especially they got away from the running game, was gone from midway through the second half and, and towards the end of the game. Yeah, I think that's sort of. They, I think because they they abandoned their run game. I think especially those last couple of plays, you know, late in that last possession. I think you know Mixon was the guy that kind of got you to, you know, that kept you in the game that you know, helped you you know, get into that, you know, rhythm of perhaps getting, you know, getting the lead. And um, unfortunately, those last couple of plays, you only need to, what, about a, a yard and a half? Why didn't you run the ball? You tried mm-hmm. to pass it. And then, look, I know Aaron Donald was like a man possessed. You know, he tried to, you know, come right through and, you know, went to like two guys and, you know, got to Burrow and was able to, you know, force Burrow to make that Aaron throw. But again, you know, you gave it to P. Ryan in the third down play. And then you gave, you know, then you tried to pass it. And then it was just like, what, what, what's the point in that? So, yeah, I think they abandoned the run game late in that game, and, and I kind of feel like it was sort of like right there for them to win it. And they had their ch- shots to, to do that, but, you know, they, they just weren't able to pull it out. Once again, we say congratulations to the 2021 Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. Uh, this is their second title in franchise history. Of course, the first one was in 1999 when they were in St. Louis. Of course, the greatest show on turf led by Hall of Famers Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce. And hopefully soon to be Hall of Famer Tory Holt, of course, Hall of Famer now Marsha Fault, the running back. Lakina, the city of Los Angeles, as we know, sports wise, that's a, a LA Dodger town, a Laker town. Will this Super Bowl win plant the flag as far as being a football town? 
uh, for the city of Los Angeles because we talked about it before with the 49er, with that new stadium, SoFi Stadium. Uh, we have a whole lot of transplanters from around the United States living in Los Angeles. And uh, you still have the three or four teams in the state of California alone. You still have a lot of Raiders fans from their days uh, when the, uh, the Raiders were in Los Angeles in the 80s into the mid-90s. You still have a lot of Raiders fans in Los An in the city of Los Angeles. You have a, a lot of 49ers fans uh, in Los Angeles. We we saw that in the NFC title game, and of course, going back to the last game of the regular season there. And so, as uh, and some people uh, um, locally in Los Angeles had question that will this bring football to the forefront in terms of sports in Los Angeles? The Chargers, even though they missed the playoffs this year, they're starting to gain momentum in terms of bringing new fans in, thanks to second-year quarterback Justin Herbert. But will the Rams plant their flag as far as uh, football uh, being a football town in the city of Angels? It's it's going to be tough, but you know, look, they're the third. The Rams are the third franchise to win a Super Bowl in two different cities, joining the Colts and also to the aforementioned Raiders. I mean, you know, you really you know, can't get find a Rams fan somewhere. I mean, you know, people were, <laughs> they were making a they were making a big. No, I'm serious. I mean, they were making a big deal about perhaps maybe a lot of 49ers fans you know trying to come in for the the NFC Championship game. So, and I'm sure look, you saw there were a lot of Bengals fans. I would say I would say maybe it was supposed to be 50 50. I mean, I'm sure there were like about 50 percent Bengals fans. You know, maybe 30% Rams fans and maybe like 20% like corporate people. So that's, you know, this is, it was sort of that they didn't have a home field there. But, you know, look, I, I'm sure they can. I mean, if they can sustain it. I mean, look, like despite what, you know, everything, you know, with, you know all the basically everybody's saying they're going to retire. I'm sure some of them will. I think some of them probably may not. But, you know, it, it's. I, it's going to be tough, but if they can sustain it, I mean, sure. I mean, like I think Los Angeles, like everybody else, it's not like the, you know, the others, like it's not like here in Chicago or New York, you got a lot of transplants there and, you know, going to living in Los Angeles. So it, it's going to be tough, but like I said, if they get, you know, if you win, they'll come. And if they keep winning, you know, people will, will come. So may, we'll see. I know there was a story out there that NFL commissioner Roger Goodell, Goodell told uh, Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, um, when he moved his team back to Los Angeles, he said, I want uh, the Rams to be like the L.A. Lakers of the NFL, having a bunch of celebrities there. Of course, we saw them all yesterday uh, because it was a Super Bowl from Jennifer Lopez to LeBron James and uh, countless other celebrities. And we, and I know Cedric the Entertainer has been to a few games, Anthony Anderson, throughout the uh, regular season. But I get that you want uh, the NFL to do well in Los Angeles if you're the National Football League. I get it. But I just don't get the sense that football, it, I'm sure it's going to stay there now because of the new stadium and what the title, what the Rams did as far as winning the Super Bowl title last night. But I, I think it's going to be a distant third because, like I said, it's a Dodger town and it's a Laker town. You can go one and one eight. Benzo, who's hot between the Dodgers and the, and the Lakers right now. Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, sports talk radio from throughout the country, including Los Angeles. Right now, with the Lakers struggling, we'll get to them in the next hour. But as of right now, that's still a Dodgers town, even though the MLB still, currently still in the lockout. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I mean, if they win, I think that that'll change. But again, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, the Rams, even when they were there the first time they were in Los Angeles, I mean, they weren't really, you know, Lakers were, you know, were winning championships. The Dodgers mm -hmm. were still, you know, competing for a playoff spot. So it's probably still, it's, this, the story hasn't changed in like 20 years. So it's, it's you know, 20 or 25 years. So it's, it's not, for me, it, it's sort of like, you know, look, if you win, you know, fine. And I don't think, like, I'm sure Stan Crockett, I think he'll, he'll take the title. I know people were criti criticizing him, you know, 
with his sort of mundane reaction after winning the Super Bowl. But like, I think that's sort of kind of his personality. It's kind of more laid back, so it's mm-hmm. not really that big of a deal. But you know, like, I think as long, look, as long as they're making money and as long as people are going to games, and that's what that's what's what's happening. They are going to the games, so I don't think they they mind too much of it. I mean, I'm sure like they would love to have a fan base there, you know, with the Rams at some point, but. You know, like I said, it'll just like I said, it'll just have to you know wait out and see. Before we move on to the other pomps and circumstances from uh, the big game last night, uh, I know a lot of commentators and pundits were making this point last night and earlier today that uh, the Rams were going all in in terms of winning the Super Bowl, which it did work. If you ask them to do it again ten times over, they'll do it again if, if it results in a in a, in a championship. Uh, shout out to uh, GM Les Sneed, uh, uh, who is backed by owner Stan Kroenke of the Rams, to go out and make these moves. Remember, we're still in the hard cap. Um, we're still in the salary cap era in the NFL. That's not going to change anytime soon. And, and some of the pundits were saying, "This uh, th- could this be the new model, uh, or uh, the new model to go in terms of winning Super Bowls?" I still believe that you had to bottom out for a couple of years, and you had to have the right people in place in terms of scouting and general managers to help uh, draft uh, players that fit your system, whatever that system is. You talked about it earlier, Lakina. Offensive line. You, If you're an offensive lineman that's a free agent, there's a reason why, because good offensive linemen and talented studs like that on the line, they get drafted. And so mm-hmm. it has to take about two or three years. I know most of these owners are impatient, but – you have to wait, uh, be patient. And I know many fan bases are not willing to be that patient. I know you could turn things around quickly in the NFL, but you still have to have your core guys uh, come via the draft. Free agency is supposed to boost your team, not have your team for one or two years. Then you have to restart all over again. Well, I think that this Super Bowl kind of, you know, they get, you know, gave the contrast. You have, you know, one team that, you know, builds, you know, you know, superstars and going all in and such. And, but, you know, for the Bengals, you know, look, everybody, most of the guys there are under 30, at least most, if not all of them. So, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see if they can get back there. I mean, you know, we'll see if either team, you know, gets there first. I think, like I said, I think the Bengals are going to have the first play schedule next year. So yes. it's going to be tough for them, I think. Yeah, I think the Rams – you know, depending on, you know, if, if Rogers, you know, doesn't leave the Packers and if, if, you know, and other, you know, sort of parameters, you know, we'll see where everyone else is by, by that point. But yeah, it, it's like I said before, look, there's really no like rhyme or reason or, you know, of, you know, that either, that either way of doing it is wrong. I think, look, it's just that in, in the case with the Rams, I mean, look, we saw, we saw, you know, quote unquote, super teams and it didn't, you know, pan out. So, you know, we saw what happened with Philly, of course, you know, Vince Young, fame, this is years ago, but Vince Young, Bailey said, hey, we got a super team. You know, mm-hmm. they, they underachieved. So this is one of those cases where they actually, they didn't say, they didn't say it out loud, but they, we all saw it. they were a super team and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, look, it ended up working out for them. You're listening to Second City Sports, Second City Sports, right on the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's go to the pop and circumstances regarding Super Bowl 56. Did you catch the halftime show? It was featuring Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blotch, local sensation Kendrick Lamar from LA, and 50 Cent, or 50 Cent as the young kids will call them. Did you catch it last night? If so, what were your thoughts? Uh, hit us up on our Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, what were your thoughts on last night's halftime show? 
I mean, it was a solid. I think it, it was better than last year's halftime show. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel you like said it was better, better than J Lo and Shakira shaking their you know their tail feathers a couple years ago. I mean, it, I mean that was okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know, I know people were saying that that was I, I, you know, I was going to get into it with some friends yesterday on Twitter that well, that one was better than this one. I'm like, eh, it wasn't earlier. I mean, it was okay. I mean, they're both great performers, but. It, to me, it really didn't stand out to me. I mean, I because I've seen them do that in concert, so I'm like, okay, well, yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah, I, th- I thought I thought the Bruno Mars from a few years back from that Super Bowl was really good. Uh, you know, I think this one, I think, kind of you know tops. You know, and they were that in that top. If you want to go recent, you know, look, it's gonna be hard to beat the the Prince one. You know, in '41, of course, where the Bears you know lost to the Colts, yeah. but. And the you know, prints perform in the rain and all the colors and stuff. They were still able to yeah. pull it off despite the steady rain. But I, I mean, I think people need to remember too. I mean, this was sort of like our generation, Sid, you know, with all the, mm-hmm. all the stuff. We'll get to the commercials in a second because it's sort of a similar type of thing. But, you know, look, I mean, I think Kendrick had the best performance out of all of them. I think some of the song. I know some people were kind of critical of the song choices. Look, they were look. They were going to do like the more hardcore like stuff with the you know, with the other lyrics and things like that. They were going to go with the more you know radio friendly mainstream hits like California Love and those type. And As those we type told of you, they were going to do on Friday. We were told. <laughs> we told you guys that. So hey, look, we mm-hmm. warned y'all that they were going to go that route. So and that's what they did. And you know, I think Mary. I think you know Mary J got like a, another song, but. You know, just fine would have been a better choice, especially you know, no more drama with the Super Bowl. It just kind of like brought down the mood. So I wasn't really a fan of that. Um, you know, we didn't see a hologram. I thought that would have been corny with your know, Tupac or Nipsey Hustle. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't get any of that. Yeah, that I think that would have been corny. But you know, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was. Look, if you want to go by recent history, yes. You know, people were already said it was the best Super Bowl performance, halftime performance of all time. No, but I will say this. Hey. Glendale, Arizona, you're gonna you got a lot to live up to. So we'll see what they do next year. As you guys know, I don't give a damn about the Super Bowl halftime shows. Uh, the last time, the last couple, last couple halftime shows I gave a damn about was the 2012 Super Bowl between the 49ers and Baltimore, which you know the lights went out in that second half. That was Literally. when Beyonce did it. She brought out um, Michelle and Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child. I thought that was a very good Super Bowl halftime show. You'll surely won 35 bucks for predicting the first song they performed from my friend Joe. Uh, turn $5 mm-hmm. into $35. Thank you very much. But <laughs> I thought that was the last great halftime show that I've seen personally. And, of course, going back a decade before with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, we all know what happened with that, and we don't have to go into that. But mm-hmm. outside of those two, Lakina, I don't, I, I don't remember a, a halftime performance because I don't care about them because it's not uh, the performers. I know they're trying to appease – to the baby boomers and and everybody else, but Lakina, I will say this about the halftime performance last night. I caught some of it. Uh, is the, the NFL is starting to cater towards people our age and a, and a, a little bit younger, and so let, let's see if that trend continues next year. So I heard a, and read a whole lot of good reviews on it. Like you said, Glendale, Arizona, next year is going to have a whole lot of pressure. Who they're going to get to perform? Will they reach out to art more artists from the late 80s and early 90s? Me personally, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I wish they'd reach out to Teddy Riley and Aaron Hall and Guy, have them kiss and make up and perform. I know that's not going to happen, but <laughs> I would luck. like to see it myself. <laughs> good luck. Yes, yeah, so good luck to you on that one, sir, because I don't think that's <laughs> happening. You know, for those who don't know what's going on, you know, Google it. You know, Google's your friend, folks. This is <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that's. I think they realize, especially what happened last year with the weekend. 
it, it didn't really like it, it didn't gel. Plus, it actually didn't also didn't help either that this that, that Super Bowl was a blowout, so that that, that didn't help yeah, people's exactly. move there either. But yeah, but like I said, I think look, I think the like I said before, I look the Bruno Mars one from you know from Super Bowl uh from uh you know thirty eight uh, no forty eight I should say and <laughs> you know with the red chili peppers and such. I mean, and it was that was fine. Look, I, I like that one. I, that was like I said, if you're going by again for the last 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. you know. Outside of the Prince one, that was probably the best one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I said, you know, people kept saying, you know, Coldplay. Meh. I mean, Lady Gaga. I mean, it was okay, you know, but again, it didn't, it didn't really grab me. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think for for folks, I think that you know, people felt that you know, this people really wanted this to happen, and this would be catered towards more for like for our generation, like you said, mm-hmm. Sid. It, it's just like, meh, you know what? I'll say this one was really good. Like I said before, outside of the Prince one, I think this will probably be number two or three for I think for a lot of folks now. Yeah, like I said, my personal favorite is Prince. I'm not saying it's because he's passed away, but I felt that way at the time. That was, that was on top, of course, uh, Beyonce, as I mentioned, from the 2012 Super Bowl, 49ers and Ravens. And, of course, Michael Jackson started it all uh, with that uh, Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys when they met the first mm-hmm. time in Pasadena. Yes. He, of course, Michael Jackson was the first superstar to perform a halftime show. That was great. I watched that over the weekend. I had chills all over again. So, And don't forget, Diana Ross performed mm-hmm. in 1995. with the That was the Steelers and Cowboys Super Bowl. Miss Eat Alive from 1985. Yes. <laughs> of course, she had other hits b- b- before that time, but the, her her performance wasn't too bad either. Yeah, I mean, like as, like, you, like and we talked about this in the previous years that, you know, if you want to go by Super Bowl halftime shows, like I said, Michael Jackson kind of, you know, changed sort of all of that. I mean, mm-hmm. they were going with mostly like themes, you know, with the of the cities and such. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, the Mardi Gras one from, I think it was at the like the Super Bowl. I think like you know nine. I think, and there were like a few others. I mean, they like I said, like you said, they really didn't do any of like the big deal. You know, like you said, Michael Jackson was like really the first was the first time they actually went with the you know actually went with artists, you know, contemporary mm-hmm. you know artists of whoever was from that time. So it, it you know look for me, I look do a battle of the bands type of thing. If you really want to give people attention, I'm sure. It's, I, I was just getting ready to say you read my mind. Let's do, you know we watch these versus battles over the last year and a half or so let's get that going yeah yeah get like a couple of artists you know who we haven't seen you know or we haven't heard from in a minute you know maybe do a halftime show there i mean it, it's sort of you know i don't i don't i think this one's sort of like you know people are going to change it up a bit but like i said before i mean next year you know good luck like i said good luck glendale arizona because you're going to yeah. have a lot to live up to but yeah I, I mean like i said before i mean this was like the first super bowl in the last few years i've actually cared about so I think for me, like mm-hmm. I said, I grew up watching all those artists and such, and yeah, it, all of it, you know, was really good. I mean, yes, this all look, we told y'all about the song choices, folks. I mean, yeah. I don't know what more <laughs> we could have told y'all, but yeah, I mean, like, I thought, look, I thought it was fine. I'll, I'll give it a solid like B plus. I mean, like I said, it wasn't like oh my god, this was the greatest halftime show ever because some of our old friends were saying this, Sid, but yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I thought it was solid. I mean, you know, look good, other better than last year with the weekend. Sorry, weekend, but you know, you kind of. <laughs> And it wasn't yeah. your fault either, but I think it was more the game wasn't it wasn't a very good game. It was already a blow up by then. But <laughs> yeah, Eminem taking a knee. Of course, the NFL defending us, defending us, saying we didn't tell him not to do that. Blah blah blah. We won't get into that. Yeah, uh, of course he has a beer now, and of course, uh, Fifty Cent trying to do his best. Um, Lionel Richie dancing on the ceiling, invitation from '86, uh, pe- um, performing kind of uh, upside down. Okay, I got what he was trying to do, but I didn't need that. But besides that. 
it, I, I was okay with it. It was above average. Uh, it was a slightly above average to, as, like you say, B minus B plus. I'll give it that. I'll be fair. Real quick as we were up against it, what about commercials? Did any like, commercials stand out? Like I said, I watched the world broadcast, so the, I didn't get to see the commercials live, but the couple that I caught off of social media was the Coinbase one with the Pong um, um, theme. Um, mm-hmm. With, with the, the, uh, the, the, the barcodes going yeah. back and forth. Yeah. I did like that. And the Doritos commercial, as we talked about before we went on live. Yeah, I like I that one was as well. Yeah, that was a good one too. I like the Toyota one with the, the with the Joneses. You know, of course, all of them related with Tommy Lee Jones and Leslie Jones and Rashida Jones and Nick Jonas. You know, that was a running choke mm-hmm. there. That was that I like that one. That was pretty funny. Uh the crypto commercials kind of went way over my head. Like, wait, wait, what, huh? Like I don't although I like I like the Larry David one. That was pretty funny. The LeBron one where you know President LeBron was talking to LeBron when he was a, you know, a senior in high school in 03. That that was sort of kind of weird, but I, I guess you know if if you were what were to visit your your younger self, you know, would you tell about cryptocurrency? I guess that was the theme there. I just didn't get it. Um, I like the Israel's one, like you said. Uh, I like the lays with uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Seth Rogen. I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the car commercials are really cool, cool too with the electric cars and such. You know, the car commercials usually are usually are good ones. The, the the Google Pixel one kind of like you know like okay with the, with the darker skin and everything like it, like okay where were they going with this like I I was scared for like the first like five seconds oh okay I get what they're, they're saying now it, it was sort of weird but yeah I think the commercials were were okay I mean they were like the best I think the fact that most of the, some of the commercials you can get on YouTube you can kind of see like mm-hmm. you already have your impressions of it so I, I you know, the latest commercials with the uh, with all the, the the Hall of Fame players and Marshawn Lynch and such I thought. That, that that they actually aired an extended version of it. I know that commercial had already aired like during the conference championship games, but they had actually had a sixty second version of it too, a full length version. So I thought that was a that was okay. But you know, a real quick like your studs and studs for a Super Bowl. Of course, uh, number fifty five from the Bengals. I forgot to write his name down, but he I know he had a penalty uh, flag called on was called on him early uh, late in the game rather. But mm-hmm. number fifty five for the Bengals. He had a great game. I uh, uh, I thought. Uh, he gets my uh, stud. My other stud, of course, Cooper Cup, uh, the Super Bowl MVP for the Rams. And I'll give a third stud to Sean McVay. Uh, he really had to show who he, what he was made of. We told you, we asked Randy Cross, our good friend on Friday, how much pressure was on him given the fact what happened to him against Bill Belichick three years ago in Atlanta. So uh, those are my three studs. Yeah, my three studs are uh, Matt Stafford, who wasn't, you know, didn't like the the, the two those two early interceptions to turn him. You know, mm-hmm. he was really good. Uh, I think uh, the Rams defense, duh. I mean, I mean, come on, especially the third, especially the second half, they stepped up their game a little bit, ended up with seven total sacks on Joe Burrow. Um, uh, uh, well, you know, I'll go off the bus. I'll go with Maria Maria Taylor and the rest of the NBC crew. They did a great job. I only watched like the first, like the last, like three three hours of it, so I didn't really, you know, get into it. But, <laughs> but yeah, she's also she and uh, the, you know, she and I believe uh, Peter King are, are doing like a documentary on uh, the the sort of the rise of black quarterbacks. That's going to air next year, so you look out for that okay. on the Peacock app. But yeah, those are my three studs. Duds, real quick. Uh, the lack of running game for Cincinnati in that second half. That I'll blame head coach Zach Taylor for that. Uh, and of course, the referees. Especially uh, not the Eli, Eli Apple call, but the previous call where the they had offset penalties. Now they decided to throw out the flags. Uh, 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 those are my duds for me. 
Oh my um bonus stuff was Sam Hubbard from the, the Bengals. He kept the his his the guys in it. They kinda he was able to kind of tame the, the Rams offense for a little bit. So he's my stud. Loved him at Ohio State. I'm glad he's doing very well with the Buckeyes. He's sort of like the one of the name guys on that defense for the Bengals. Um, I'll say does uh, uh oh gosh. I don't think I have I think you stole all of mine. And I I'll say there's also NBC for kind of like rushing, you know, off the, the Super Bowl. It's sort of like, look, I, look, I know that. They oh, yeah, to get to the, uh, the winter Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, Olympic I did see that. That was a little bit rushed. I think that, you know, you could have waited another 10 minutes. I know the Americans had, like, two contenders for that. You know, the winner. It, it's basically a single-person uh, uh, bobsled. That's basically what Mono Bob is. I know people were wondering, what the hell is that? It's basically, that's basically what it is. I know we had a couple of Americans contend for that. They had to get to them to, like, like 30 minutes after that. So you could have did another 15 minutes. Then you could have, well, by the time you got there, you could have gotten to the Americans. So. I think NBC, not really a dud necessarily, but just the fact that, okay, come on, guys, you could have, like, you know, maybe could have, you know, had extending your up your post game a little bit, but they did a nice job, you know, kind of transitioning that. I know that was hard, but still. I know we up against it for our first hour, but who was that inactive player for Cincinnati, which they got called for that unsportsmanlike kind of penalty? My guy was in a hoodie, white socks, and some flip flops, as you young kids call it, slides. Do you look like crap? Get your ass back on the bench. Vernon Whoever Hargraves. his name is from Cincinnati, yeah, no, Ver- you get a dud for me. You look like Vernon crap. Har- yeah, Vernon Hargraves, he's in their practice <laughs> squad now. He was uh, their, one of their players there. But, yeah, you know, I was wondering who that was. I'm like, and then, oh, of course, that's 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 him. Yep, that's Vernon Hargraves for you. Okay. Get your ass back on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> real real quick, though, you think Aaron – should should Aaron Donald retire? Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. I think I... we were talking about it a little bit on, on our last episode, but yes, selfishly, I want to see him play a couple more years, but if he decides to hang it up, so be it. yet a heck of a career. Eight-time Pro Bowl, seven-time first-team All-Pro Bowl, three-time defensive player of the year, 2010's All-Decade team, and only has only missed two games. You know, All of them were not injury-related. It was more for resting, so yeah, I think he is too. He's definitely a first ballot Hall of Fame. Shit, I don't think he's gonna retire though. I, I think they're gonna stay and go for one more, one more. Try to get one more. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with the Chicago Bulls. They are making news on and off the court, plus, plus the the best and worst from the association over the weekend the, in college basketball. The fighting the line are heading are heading down the whole stretch. They got a big win at home yesterday against the Northwestern Wildcats. And yours truly were digging the crazy as we celebrate Black History Month and a whole lot more. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live and in living color. I'm Sid Deslakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Throws the fade, back shoulder. Cooper Cup's got it! Cooper Cup brings it in! Touchdown! Touchdown! Touchdown LA! With 125 remaining. The Rams are back on the high side. 15 plays, 79 yards. Rams radio with call at the Super Bowl. A 79-yard drive capped by Cooper Cup's touchdown reception with 125 remaining. Pushed the Rams to a 23-20 win over the Bengals. The Rams winning their first NFL title since 1999 when they were based in St. Louis. It's their first representing Los Angeles since 1951. Cup was named the Super Bowl MVP. Four receptions, 39 yards, two touchdowns. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I need postcards printed and designed. Oh, and a targeted direct mail campaign. It's possible. 
at Staples. I need my presentation printed, bound, and perfect. Also possible. With Staples Print Big Promise, your small business marketing will make a big impact. And right now, get 20% off custom printed signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 226. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure. Be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports Live in a Lemon Color, the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. It's Lakino. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. We have around 50 minutes or so left in this extravaganza for today. If you have any questions or comments during any of our topics on, on today's show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of Second City Sports by discussing the Chicago Bulls. They are making news on and off the court. On the court, they're on a current three-game winning streak. They host the San Antonio Spurs tonight at 7 o'clock. You can watch that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago and nationally on NBA TV. Off the court, Zach Levine, who is going to be held out until at least the All-Star break, is going back to reevaluate the injured left knee. Lakina, I know he says right now he's going to participate in the three-point contest coming up uh, this weekend in Cleveland, and he hopes to play a few minutes in the All-Star game. Lakina, should Zach Levine take the whole All-Star weekend off and rest that knee in preparation for the second half of the season, which starts for them next next Wednesday? I think he should. I think, you know, I think DeMar DeRozan even said it after practice uh, early this morning that, look, he has to take care of his body. So, and I think that's what he needs to do. And, you know, it's sort of like you don't want this to be an issue, you know, especially, you know, down the line, especially if you're trying to advance in the playoffs. So I would say I know he wants to participate in the three-point contest. This is, his, you know, his fourth all-star – well, actually his third, I should say, for his third all-star appearance, I should say. So, yeah, I would say if I were him, if I were advising him, I probably would say, you know what, just just take the, the, the next week or two off you know, rest that knee and, you know, just there's no ligament da- damage. Thank goodness. It's just an arthritic, you know, seems like an arthritic, mm-hmm. you know, type thing. So that could linger, but look, if you have to, you know, rest, you know, rest it up, you know, ice it or whatever you need to do or court have a cortisone shot or whatever, just, you know, just do that. You don't have to go through all that just to, you know, you know, just, just, just rest. You, you can go, look, go to clear for the all-star game, but just, you know, sit there as a spectator as such, but I would say just make sure you rest that knee. If that is, if yeah, yeah. If that's if that's what ends up happening, so be it. Like you said, the the uh, the All Star game. It, even remember Kobe Bryant, he had a, a, a in the injury back in yes. two thousand eight. That was the year they lost to uh, the Lakers in yeah. in the finals. There, uh, he only played a couple of minutes in that All Star game in New Orleans. If that's the situation that has, has to uh, end up with Zach Levine, so be it. Just play a couple of minutes, get a layup, 
get a dunk or a jumper, sit down. I'm good yes. with it. If he doesn't play at all, so be it. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know, if if he does, you know, get sit, you know, throughout the All Star break, I think I'm sure Billy Dom is going to tell exposure, look, look, take care of my guys. So you know, I don't mm-hmm. want my guys to, you know, look, just just sit them. You know, if you have to, you know, just let them get a layup or something, or maybe get a hit a three pointer or whatever, and then just just go about your way. So we'll see what happens with Zach Levine going forward. We'll keep you abreast on any information that uh, that, that that if it comes along right here on Second City Sports Sports on Chicago. Let's get back to on the court Manis Lakinia. As I mentioned, the Bulls on a current three-game winning streak. Their record stands at 36 wins and 21 losses. Let's review their game, uh, their last game, which took place last Saturday night at the UCSA, defeated the Oklahoma City Thunder 106 to 101. They needed a, a heck of an effort from DeMar DeRozan, which he led the team with 38 points on 12 of 24 shooting. Nikolai Vucevic, Stepped up and had another 30-point game, 31 points to be exact. He was 0 for 4 from three-point range, but he dominated the paint, shooting 14 of 25 and also grabbed 15 rebounds. Yeah, they really needed to kind of hang on to be uh, OKC. They, they've got some, you know, they got some players. You know, they got you know, Josh Kitty, who, you know, is probably – Probably make the case, you know, for you know, rookie of the year. I think you know, had challenge Evan Moley, but again, we'll we'll get to all that, you know, in a bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, look, AO made some key plays late, you know, to to hold off that, and you know, with Demrose, I think this is what like the sixth, you know, sixth straight game that a bull has, you know, scored over thirty points. He's the second player to do that. Uh, the first player to do that was uh, some guy named Michael Jordan. I don't know who who that you know, who, who that is. <laughs> whoever but, uh, that is. <laughs> whoever that guy is. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it's sort of like and look, I think they needed that. You know, look, Vucevic. You know, I, I look. Everything's all quiet in the Vucevic front. I mean, you know, no one said anything bad about him. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I can't imagine why. Hey, Bulls you know, Twitter didn't go after you, Lakina. Oh yeah, I mean, it, they were actually. Very <laughs> I know you on Bulls Twitter way more than I am, but. Oh no no! I just I just linger on Bulls Twitter like you know I I, I only <laughs> mention them because I think oh they're because they're, they're a little bit crazy at times and y'all you on Bulls Twitter know who you you know who you are it's only it's like only a few people but look thirty one points <laughs> a double double for Vooch you know fifteen rebounds um and uh like yeah so it was definitely like he was the sort of the key guy especially with you know the Rose and such especially with Levine being out you know someone's got to step up. And you know, with everything, you know, Kobe White had 16 points, mm-hmm. you know, five assists. Uh, AO had 12 and almost had a double, almost he almost he himself almost had a, a triple double, too. He had nine rebounds and nine assists. So, you know, a really a good team effort there. And look, the rest of these, you know, these next three games are all at home. So, you know, including tonight against the Spurs, I'm sure you're hoping to kind of bounce back from that loss to the Spurs a couple of weeks back. You will know, we'll get to the Spurs and you know, the record setting that he that uh. Pop is doing this in a second, but you know, look, this is sort of a time to kind of try to, you know, pad that lead, if you will, because the East is sort of, there's, there's like a, it's crowded there in the East, especially near the top. So, you know, you got San Antonio, you got Sacramento on Wednesday, you got um, Thursday, you have, oh, you have, oh, you have Sacramento to finish up the All Star break. So, mm-hmm. you know, try to win these next two games and then you can kind of have, you can rest and sort of make sure that, you know, you have that. Hopefully, it'll be in like that top two or three seed in the East going into the All Star break, which would be a great. If you're look, that's a great spot if you're a Bulls fan, no doubt. If you get there, uh, a couple of things from Saturday's game against OKC, of course, Kobe White, as you mentioned, he had a couple of key baskets down the stretch. He was four or six from three point land, uh, which added his total to uh, to a 16 point total. You only had nine points off your bench, but 
Uh, it was nice to see Derrick Jones Jr. out there. You know, he, he was out for a while. I know he fouled out, but it was nice to see an extra body for the Chicago Bulls. Hopefully you get Javante uh, uh, Green back, especially after the All-Star break. Of course, we know about Lonzo Ball and Alice Caruso mm -hmm. and their injuries. Hope you get him back in the next few weeks here, and you can really see how this team operates because we told you about Alice Caruso. If you watched him with the Lakers, he was about – he was an integral part of that 2020 Lakers championship team, bringing the energy and they, especially from the defensive, uh, defensive perspective. And he, we saw what value he brought here with the Chicago Bulls early before his injury to that dumbass Grayson Allen. But in <laughs> uh, Alonzo Ball, mm -hmm. his outside shot was improving. Uh, of course, he uh, he was operating the team from the point guard position. Well, we need those things uh, going into the playoffs. So hopefully uh, the Bulls, even though they didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, we told you they weren't going to do. Uh, hopefully uh, Mark Eversley and Arturis Konishevis are looking at the buyout market, as we told you guys they're going to do. And mm -hmm. they can bring uh, uh, somebody that could, could patrol the paint from the interior from the, uh, on, on defense. So Hopefully things are looking up for the Bulls right now. As you mentioned, they're in the middle of a six-game homestand. Uh, they got some winnable games. And so you can pad that lead and hopefully you can get some healthy guys back in the coming weeks. We saw you get out if you're a Bulls fan. I mean, yes. they're, they're about a game and a half back from uh, from Miami. So, and look, like I said, there's a log jam in the Eastern Conference. So if you can kind of stay there, perhaps maybe even better try to – Maybe gains that number one seed, you know, because I don't know. Miami's got a pretty got a couple of tough games this week before the break. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think, I think you can, I think you can. I really think you can kind of, you know, get to that point where okay, who's out there? There's gonna be a lot of guys out there in the buyout market. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you can get maybe get a guy or two to probably have help you out in the defensive front, you know, especially until you know Lonzo and Caruso can get back, you're you're good and. Look, I know the Spurs tonight, that's going to be a tough one. You know, Spurs are kind of streaky at times. We'll see. You know, that's an NBA TV game at 7 o'clock, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I, I think if you're – look, you're in a good spot if you're the Bulls right now. If you can win, win these next two against San Antonio and the Kings – you know, you'll you'll be right there near the top or at the top of the of the conference, and you can look at the evaluate and see you know who's on the buyout market because it's going to be another couple of weeks before that you know that opens up. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see who which they go because there are definitely some names out there. Yeah, so we'll see how it happens with the Bulls in terms of the buyout market going forward. Lakina, let's get to the best and worst from the the association from this past weekend. Of course, there were two games yesterday on the Sunday slate right before the big game. It was a Boston Celtics coming from behind to beat the Atlanta Hawks 105 to 95. And the Minnesota Timberwolves, if it wasn't for the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Minnesota Timberwolves would be your surprise story for this season. They keep mm -hmm. seeing to roll. They bounced back from their loss in Chicago on Friday with a 20, 129, 120, 120 win over the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was a I actually actually saw a little bit of that game. And that was actually a crazy game too, because you know, they you know the, the Minnesota was able to pull away. I think that was more of a garbage. It wasn't as close as it the score indicated. I know that um they outscored the the you know the, the Pacers outscored the T was by eight in the third, but you know, it the, the, the deficit was too much. And the Carl Anthony Towns uh, have you know, did not didn't play you know rested you know because of an injury but but it was Anthony Edwards who you probably say could make a case for some of the, the postseason awards he had 37 points and such you know got a lot of key guys off the off the bench and such so you know the nice a nice win for them and I and I think that you know like they, they could definitely be right there to probably in that sort of in that because the West is so competitive they could be right there yeah. like in the cusp of that play in tournament. 
they'll, they'll be right there, I think. And speaking of the Western Conference, going back to Saturday's action, the, the Grizzlies held on to beat the Charlotte Hornets 125 to 118. That game wasn't as close as it seemed. Looking, I did no. watch the first <laughs> half. Uh, Charlotte were getting their brains beating out. John Moran left uh, with a with an injury. Hopefully, he's okay. I know he's supposed to be a starter in the All Star game coming up this weekend. So the Grizzlies continue to roll. As you mentioned, the Spurs, who the Bulls played tonight, they defeated the Pelicans by 10. I did get a chance to watch this game going back to the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Cleveland Cavaliers by 10. Joel Embiid had a triple-double with the 40-plus points. And uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Lakina, they still are a good team, but they still have some ways to go. Darius Garland did his thing. Jerry Allen, who got uh, who I thought should have been an all-star this year, he got posterized by Embiid, but he, mm -hmm. he made light of it at the end of the game. So it was a competitive game. Cleveland made a couple of runs late, but it was Joel, Joel Embiid uh, that carried the day for Philadelphia. They'll be a better team once they get James Harden after the all-star break with his quote-unquote hamstring injury. So <laughs> Quote-unquote. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, No, but but yeah, I mean, I think you know, Embiid, I think he's definitely making a case for MVP, I think. Yeah, you know, the, uh, Steph has had his you know issues, you know, shooting slumps and such. So I wouldn't be surprised if his name is in the discussion. Perhaps maybe MVP, maybe. I mean, like I said before, he's keeping everything together while you know when you know Hard does come back. You know, probably not till after the All Star break, very likely. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens there. And uh, going back to that Spurs, uh, the Spurs win over uh, New Orleans, um, thirteen hundred thirty-two career wins for Pop. He's now just. Three was away from uh, tying Don Nelson's all-time record of 1,335 wins. He'll get it, you know, but, you mm -hmm. know, if you're the Bulls, you don't want to get him to get to you. You know, honestly, yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. So we'll see what happens tonight. Um, I mean, the Clippers had a nice win, you know, edging, uh, holding on against the, the Mavs. They've been that was an exciting finish. Uh, the was, Clippers almost was. gave that game away. <laughs> they did. They, did. they were kind of like right, you know, right there. And I know Luca, you know, Luca had 45. You know, despite that, but you know they weren't able to kind of. It was they were actually up, you know, for for a little bit. They were up on like six or seven, but you know they almost they almost pulled it out too of the masses. But yeah, you know the Clippers they they hung on. Like I said, they're right there, you know, around five hundred or right just below five hundred. So and right there for the playing. So we'll see what happens with them. You know, especially if they go to the buyout market, they had to, they dumped a lot of money. Uh, also too the the the, the Trailblazers. You know, Air for me, Air for me, I think I think he's you know he's holding it down. You know, while Dame is out, you know he had thirty points in their win against the Knicks. So that kind of that was a little bit of a surprising uh, uh, score result. Uh, the Knicks are t tanking and taking fast, and I know some folks in New York are asking for Tom Thibodeau's head. Will they get that at the end of the season? Who knows? But <laughs> things are going in the wrong direction for New York, considering where they were at a year ago. Uh, the NBA Saturday Night Showcase, Lakina saw the Golden State Warriors holding on to a two-point win over the Los Angeles Lakers, 117-115. to Klay uh, Thompson uh, helped carry the day for the Golden State Warriors. LeBron James, make your free throws, young man. Make mm -hmm. your free throws. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't see a Bayless had a field day this morning on uh, speak for, your, uh, for on uh, their show, but yeah, he missed a lot of free throws, and I'm, and I'm sure he's kicking himself to LeBron. Is you know they they should have put that game the Lakers should have put that game away, and they didn't because of him missing free throws. So and Clay Thompson was able to make some key baskets late to win that game for the Warriors and uh, the Lakers. Just we thought they kind of figured it out. They show you why they've been inconsistent. So yeah.
Yep. In the Denver Nuggets, they're in the middle of their East Coast road trip. They lost by six at Boston on Friday, but they got an important win at Toronto on 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 Saturday. That was fun. One, I saw the yeah, well, one ten to one oh nine. That was a really yeah, that was a really uh good game. Uh that that game, you know, they, like I said, it came down to the wire. Another uh, uh you know, Jokic, you know, let the way with twenty eight and you know, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, you know, they the Raptors had their chances, but you know, they just couldn't, you know, couldn't pull it off. And I think Jokic, you know, the look, we'll see, we'll see if, you know, if they can you will see the status of Jamal Murray. You know, there's rumors that he might come back sometime next month. So hopefully maybe they can put a run together. Denver can and like I said before, do it in the playoffs. I know they want to try and do that. So hopefully they'll be at full strength and I know they've had some injuries too. It was despite you know, just you know, besides Murray being, you know, still being out, but you know, Jokic, you know, to his credit, he's trying to, he's doing what he can. So you got to commend him for that. Yeah, and also too, we talk about the Suns and the Warriors being the top two teams in the Western Conference, and rightfully so. And everybody else going home and play, but it's going to be a log jam between spots four, five, and six. Who can stay out at seventh in that playing tournament mm-hmm. spot? Uh, it's going to be a log jam between Denver, Dallas, and Utah, I believe. And they're going to be they're going to be facing each other a lot in this you know after the All Star mm-hmm. break. So yes. this could definitely be you know who actually ends up you know getting that sixth seed and not having to play in the play in. That's you know those it's going to be there's it's, it's going to be a fight. So it's going to get down to the wire in in that sense. Uh, let's see. The Miami Heat had a big win on Saturday against the Huge. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, one fifteen to one eleven. Eleven in a row losses in a row for Brooklyn and. Yeah, I honestly don't know what to say about Brooklyn at this point. Yeah, hope that you know Kevin Durant can't come fast, come back fast enough for the Nets, and <laughs> you know I I don't know if that'll do anything, but you know, yeah, I mean Kyrie's doing what he can to kind of hold it together, but you know we'll see if Ben when Ben Simmons you know makes his start, but I I just don't I don't know what to say about Brooklyn at this point. I, I just it, it it's sort of like they were the number one seed you know about a month ago, and look how far mm-hmm. they've fallen. So. I don't know. Yep. Uh, but Boston's won eleven in a row. I mean, uh, nine in a row, I should say. So who saw that coming? Hmm. No one did. Too. We'll see if they can keep it. I- I'm sure they're a little myth that the All Star games, All Star breaks coming, so it might mm-hmm. give them momentum. But yeah, going back to Brooklyn, Sid. Yeah, going back to Brooklyn, you mentioned Kevin Durant's injury, which derailed that season up to this one. We were talking about them, uh, uh, a team that the Bulls have to worry, will have to uh, be worried about, especially that they beat them uh, early last month. Now, uh, things change, but it, the sooner Durant gets back, the better it will be for Brooklyn. Of course, Ben Simmons will make his debut. Uh, sometime after the All-Star break. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's get to the schedule for this upcoming week, starting with tonight's schedule, Monday's schedule. We talked about the Spurs and the Bulls. You can watch that game nationally, excuse me, on uh, NBA TV at mm-hmm. 7 o'clock tonight. But at 6 o'clock, the Pistons and Wizards will do battle in our nation's capital. Uh, Sacramento Kings will travel to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. Can the Kings actually steal a win uh, mm. at Barclays Center? It's very mm. possible. Maybe. It's very possible. Sacramento is favored by two points. At 6.30 across the river, we'll have the OKC Thunder. will t- travel to MSG to take on the struggling New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and Afrobeat Simmons, who's been sort of like the guy, you know, since after the trade, after he was traded, 
um, nailed the hill. You know, he and the Blazers will face Milwaukee as they start their East Coast road trip again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can, you know, steal one in Milwaukee. We'll have to wait and see. I know uh, Milwaukee's kind of been, you know, they've had a, you know, they've kind of struggled late. So we'll see if they mm-hmm. can kind of bounce back. Uh, uh, Toronto and New Orleans. Toronto will try to try to bounce back from their loss to Denver. Orlando. Uh, Orlando. Speaking of Denver, they host they host Orlando at eight o'clock. Houston, Utah, and uh, Golden State, the Clippers. That's the second half of that NBA TV doubleheader at nine thirty. That should be interesting. Is see, well, the Clippers can steal one from the Warriors. Going to Tuesday's schedule, which is tomorrow, Cleveland will visit Atlanta at six thirty. Also at six thirty, the Dallas Mavericks will travel to South Beach to take on the Miami Heat. The first game of that Tuesday, formerly known as Players Only Doubleheader, um, it will be Boston at Philadelphia. That's going to be a great matchup there at six thirty. Mm-hmm. At seven o'clock, Indiana will face Milwaukee. Also at seven o'clock, two of the surprising teams in the league, the Hornets, are now back at five hundred. They'll travel to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves. Their record is at thirty and twenty-seven. Also at seven o'clock. The Memphis Grizzlies will take on the New Orleans Pelicans. In the second half of that TNT Tuesday doubleheader, it's the Clippers at the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix with the best record in the league, although the Clippers did beat them the last time they played, so we'll see what happens in that game. Uh, Wednesday, hump day, you got Atlanta and Orlando. That's a 6 o'clock game. Detroit and Boston, that should be a fun one. Washington. Remember that matchup used to be good up until yeah, the last few years? The, yeah, oh. way back in yeah, oh gosh, you know, good times. Uh, Washington, Indiana, uh, the first game of the ESPN doubleheader. Uh, teams that have been, you know, terrible lately. Uh, Brooklyn and New York, you know, the you know the battle of the boroughs. We'll see, you know, which borough, you know, wins there. Uh, we'll see how long Stephen A. Smith yells about the Knicks. Oh gosh, oh, and how we'll Kevin Durant will put him his place on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with all his burner accounts too. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, the Bulls with their last game before the All-Star break. You know, they hold Sacramento at 7 o'clock. Portland and Memphis, that should be interesting. Well, we'll see if John Morant is back. I know, you know he's, he, he got banged up over the weekend. Toronto and Minnesota, that should be a fun one at 7 o'clock. San Antonio and OKC at 7. At 8 o'clock, you got Houston and Phoenix and Denver and Golden State. I'm a little surprised that this game didn't get the, the last you know, part of that doubleheader, but, you know, it is what it is. The game that did Utah and the Lakers, both teams have kind of been, although Utah is starting to kind of, you know, catch up a little bit. I know they've had some injury mm-hmm. issues. The Lakers are just having issues. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> if, you know, which team, you know, can kind of overcome the issues. This is the last last game for both teams before the All-Star break. Yep, so that wraps up your Wednesday schedule. I'll have the, I should have the Lakers and Jazz on the big screen. I'll have the Nuggets and Warriors via my computer. <laughs> Me too, so that, probably. So, <laughs> So the, that should be fun uh, wrapping up the Wednesday schedule. One game on Thursday before the All-Star break. Thursday. Oh, actually, not five. one game. Well, that's yeah, that's fine. Five. It should have been one, but, you know, some of these games are make-up games. Those are we'll make-up games, yeah. yeah. We'll go only, through them. Yeah, the, the only uh, – yeah, like, like I said, uh, that Philadelphia-Milwaukee game, that's a TNT game at 730. Mm-hmm. That's actually supposed to be the only game, but these other four games that you're seeing here, um, we'll go through them real quick. Miami and Charlotte at 6. Yes. Brooklyn, Brooklyn hosted Washington at 6.30, Dallas and New Orleans, and also Houston and L.A. These are the, the Clippers, I should say. Mm-hmm. These are all – those four are all makeup games. So that, that's why we're, you're seeing four. Usually it was supposed to have been just been one, mm-hmm. that uh, that Philly-Milwaukee matchup on TNT, but, the, uh, but because of COVID and such, these are all makeup games. So Yeah, and that's your schedule for this week in the NBA. 
One last time out for us right here on the Monday edition of Second City Sports Live in the Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. When we return, we'll go through college basketball. The final line I had a big win uh, at home against Northwestern yesterday. Uh, Purdue had a bad loss last week, but they bounced back with a big win. What's up with the Michigan Wolverines? And we'll give you our uh, keys, our uh, key games for this week coming up in the college basketball world. Loyola, Chicago, they had a, uh, a big game yesterday. We'll get you results of that. And we'll have a whole lot more. Plus, you'll surely will dig in the craze for our Black History moment for, for this week. All that and a whole lot more coming up right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Throws the fade, back shoulder. Cooper Cup's got it. Cooper Cup brings it in. Touchdown! 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 LA with 1:25 remaining. The Rams are back on the high side. 15 plays, 79 yards. Rams radio with call at the Super Bowl. A 79-yard drive capped by Cooper Cup's touchdown reception with 125 remaining. Pushed the Rams to a 23-20 win over the Bengals. The Rams winning their first NFL title since 1999 when they were based in St. Louis. It's their first representing Los Angeles since 1951. Cup was named the Super Bowl MVP. Four receptions, 39 yards, two touchdowns. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I need postcards printed and designed. Oh, and a targeted direct mail campaign. It's possible at Staples. I need my presentation printed, bound, and perfect. Also possible with Staples Print Big Promise. Your small business marketing will make a big impact. And right now, get 20% off custom printed signs, banners, and posters when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at Staples, the working and learning store. Ends 226. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the hashtag Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Last segment of the show for today. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, excuse me. <laughs> Let, let's go to uh, the world of college basketball. Let's start out locally. The Illinois, the following Illini, ranked number th 13 in the country after losing bad at Purdue last uh, Wednesday night, especially that bad second half performance. And Trent Frazier got nicked up in that game. Mm -hmm. They came back with a vengeance by defeating the Northwestern Wildcats 73 to 66. Kofi Carborn had 19 points, 15 rebounds on the 8 of 11 shooting. Mitch, um, as I mentioned, Trent Frazier in 33 minutes of action, he only had seven points, six assists off of two of seven shooting. But uh, they had 14 points off the bench, courtesy of Mr. Melendez. He had 14 points. 
in uh, RJ Melendez had 14 points coming off the bench. And Eric Cambello had four points in 16 minutes of action coming off the bench. Lakina, it was important to get that bad taste out of the, out of the amounts of you to find a line night. Northwestern gave you some fits in that first meeting a few weeks ago, but it was nice to get a win uh, uh, on your home court, sweeping that season series from the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, they had their chance to win that game, too, uh, um, uh, of Northwestern, Northwestern. I mean, that that was close for a little bit, so the fact that they were able to pull it mm-hmm. out, I think, you know, Illinois did late, they were, they were able to pull away, and I think that's definitely, especially <laughs> the, the sister right there, still right there, too, for the for the conference title. So I think that definitely helps them with their yeah. confidence-wise. And, you know, they were able to, you know, Kofi Coburn had 19. I know he got banged up. You know, we'll see what, you know, what happens there. Hopefully he can, he can come back, won't miss any games. But yeah, it was a you know look, it was a nice win for uh, Illinois for Illinois, you know, keeping up in the conference. Um, Purdue, speaking of Purdue, you know, they they pulled away, you know, they were able to bounce back from, you know, that was sort of like a, a head scratcher. Just when you thought that maybe Purdue, you know, you could probably say maybe put them into perhaps maybe you know for the Final Four, you know, they lose by twenty four to Michigan. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, they were the bounce back against Maryland. You know, they, they actually needed that because, you know, they you know, Maryland, look, to their credit, you know, I know a lot of weird things have been happening, you know, to that program, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, they, look, they played hard and, look, they played hard. They, they pushed Purdue to the point and to the break. And, look, our, our buddy Spiro Adidas, you know, called that game for CBS yesterday. And, look, they were able to pull it out, you know, the, the Purdue did. So, you know, and look, we'll see if Purdue can kind of, you know, get back into their groove because we're getting down to the wire here in some of these conferences in a couple of weeks ago. This conference term is about to start. So we'll see. We'll see if Purdue can kind of finish strong. And speaking of the Big Ten, we saw some mixed results going back to uh, Saturday's action. Number 14, Wisconsin. The Badgers got upset by uh, uh, by Rutgers 73-65. to Rutgers is putting together a nice resume. Like I said, and they got like what you know, the whole the whole quadrant. You're gonna be hearing this a lot. You know, quadrant two, three, whatever, sixteen, whatever. But yeah, they they look they they've beaten Illinois. You know, they they've beaten. Look, they look. Ron Harper Jr. led the way with twenty one, and he is look, solid, folks. I think he'll be a pro. Yeah, there. You know, he's definitely been. You know, he might be like a a draft pick. You know, he decided to come back. You know, finish up his you know, the senior season and look, they've, look, they've beaten Michigan state. They've beaten Ohio state. They've, you know, they've, they're mm-hmm. putting together a really nice resume. So yeah, could, you know, they, could they be, could they be a team to look out for, you know, could they, should they get to the, you know, the big 10 tournament? I mean, look, they have, but they've got Illinois you know, on Wednesday. So that could definitely at mm-hmm. home. So that's been kind of like a house of horrors for ranked teams this year. <laughs> so like the teams I've mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, they can put together a nice resume, more resume wins, you know, more quad one wins for uh for Rutgers. Staying with the Big Ten, um, number 17, Michigan State, the Spartans get a big win at home, defeating Indiana 76 to 61. Big bounce, loss for Indiana. Yeah, bounce back win for them because they they've lost to Rutgers you know, a couple of games ago. Uh Indiana, yep. like I said, they've been inconsistent after you thought that maybe they could get something together after uh upsetting Purdue. You know that they've been inconsistent, mm-hmm. so I think they got they got what bone rushed by Illinois, and then they, they got hammered by Michigan State. So unfortunately, and I think some stuff that some stuff they lost Northwestern too. I think some stuff had happened with mm-hmm. some of those uh, with Mike Woodson, some of the players here in Chicago. I guess they they stayed out late than they were supposed to, or some of that effect. Ooh. You know, and they were yeah, and they, yeah, and they were suspended for that game against Northwestern. So that's probably why they lost. But yeah, it's like hmm, okay. But yeah, I mean, just the inconsistency of them. But yeah, I look if you're Wisconsin, you'll take the bounce. The, you know, that was a nice bounce back win for Michigan State, I should say. 
As I said, watch out for Ohio State. They're ranked number 16 in the country. The Buckeyes going to um, Michigan and defeat the Wolverines. My guy, Jawan Howard, 68-57. to 57. Time's starting to run out on, on Michigan, Lakina. Do you think they could turn around? Because uh, they had to finish strong here because uh, they're going to need to have a strong performance in Indianapolis next month in the Big Ten tournament. They don't just have the wins to do it uh, very, uh, yet, and I think they're if they're starting to run out of time. You know, Michigan is. I mean, I think look, you know, I think it's just just bad luck, you know, for Michigan. You thought that maybe they could kind of get it together. They 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 did. I mean, they they get with you know they have to go at Wisconsin. Um, they get Illinois at home. You know, Rutgers. They host Rutgers too, so maybe they can that can help them. You know, with their resume, Michigan State too. The uh, and also at Ohio State to finish up the season. So maybe if they can win maybe two or three of those. Maybe they can that can help them perhaps maybe you know uh, fresh up their resume. But right now it doesn't look good for them. Yeah, and going back to college basketball locally, uh, the as I mentioned before the break, Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers got a big win yes uh, yesterday at home defeating Northern Iowa. Uh, the the Panthers eighty five to fifty eight. That was a nice win for uh, Drew Ballantyne and his uh, Ramblers. Uh, mm-hmm. They need that win because it's a log jam in that conference. Um, they're leading right now by percentage points. They're leading by a half game over both Northern Northern Iowa, I should say, and Missouri State, who they've beaten in last. Yeah, that's what I said. Week. The Missouri State win last week was key on the road. Yeah, that's so going to we'll help see. them. Also, two Bradleys right there too. Yeah, one and a half, one and a half back. I mean, some of the Brad bracketologists, you know, they actually have them perhaps still going to the tournament, even even if they don't win the Missouri Valley Conference. But again, mm-hmm. I think you don't want to you don't want to have to depend on that. I would yep. just go ahead and just try to win your conference tournament. I'm sure they're going to try mm-hmm. and adjust that. They got they got a they still got like some tough games left. The Ramblers do before you know they're one of the they're one of the first uh, conferences up in their turn in the uh, the conference tournament. Um, so they, they, they get Northern Iowa to finish up, you know, they got a pretty, I don't want to say easy schedule. They got a light schedule. They still got to play Drake at home, you know, on, you know, on Saturday, you know, they got Evansville. They're a tough team. They got Valpo Wednesday. They're pretty tough. You know, they, they finish up against Northern Iowa too in a couple of weeks. So we'll see where they're at. If they can, as long as they don't go into free fall and go 0 and 5, I think they'll still be fine, especially if they make make it to the, the final of the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. But it's gonna depend on the other turn on the other conference tournament. So we'll just have to wait and see. And let's go to the Big 12. A couple of results to pass along to you from Saturday. It was uh now the defending national champion, uh Baylor Bears, uh ranked number 10. They defeated number 20, Texas, 80 to 63. Can't number eight Kansas. They had to hold on at home to defeat the fighting Port of Moses, as you call them, the Oklahoma Sooners 71 to 69. Yeah, they needed they had to really had to hang on for that one. As far as uh Baylor is concerned, they lost one of their their key rebounders for the year. So that's a that's good. That's a tough uh, loss there for them. But yeah, still, you know, Kansas. This, this, this would be what sixteen, you know, for like seven, like seventeen or something, eighteen. You know, uh, Big Twelve regular season title should they hang on? So we'll see what happens. They still got a couple of tough games left over the next few weeks, and then they they have to play Baylor again too. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, USC had a nice win against uh, UCLA. I think it's like four in a row for them over. UCLA, UCLA in the regular season, so they needed that when desperate. They're, they're starting to kind of find their groove a little bit. Drew Peterson, no, not that Drew Peterson, folks. I know some people were kind of like, saw that name. And remember, <laughs> Illinois fans will know who, Illinois people will know, will know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but I'll just leave it at that. But Google you know, it. 20, yeah, 27 points for him, leading the way for 
No, it was actually end up being a great game, as it usually is when the, with these two teams play each other, especially when they're both or both are good. Because I think that's when college basketball is great when both UCLA and USC are good, and in this case, they are again this year. So that was a fun uh, matchup. Uh, Villanova uh, held off Seton Hall, seventy three sixty seven, with a nice win there. They're they're one step closer to clinching the the Big East you know, tournament, Big East conference, I should say, especially with. Marquette losing to Butler, that was a bad loss for them. You know, the, the fighting Shaka Smarks, as I, as I call them. Uh, Butler was able to pull away from them by six. Um, you know, Providence, you know, came back. I think they were down like, like 15 or something, I guess, to Paul, which that was sort yeah. of like, that was a case where uh, you play, you play down your competition. I know, I know DePaul's good. I know they've got a couple of their key guys right now, but they're a fighting team. You give uh, Terry Silverville credit, Tony Silverville credit for, at least, you know, keeping the fight in their guys. But, you know, that that would have been a bad loss for, for uh, Providence had they lost that game. Uh, Oscar Shibwe had uh, 27 points, 19 rebounds. In, uh, Kentucky's win over Florida. He's probably your your uh, leader in the clubhouse for player of the year in college basketball. Such a sweet, you know, sweet kid, you know, with a heart of gold. And also a pretty darn good player. He's averaging a double-double. And also, two, he's averaging like 18 rebounds, which is, like, I, think, I think, the highest ever, you know, in, you know, in men's mm-hmm. hoops. So, yeah, my guy Penny Hardaway uh, is get, uh, got back on track with a sixty-nine yeah, a big win. Yeah, uh, fifty-nine win over number six Houston. Houston's a very that. good team, folks. They and on the that. flip side for Memphis, are they finally starting to turn around? It's going to be tough in that conference that they're in. I believe it was the American Conference. I want to say Conference USA, but you know these conferences change names so many damn times. <laughs> it's not even funny. But a big should, win for the Memphis Tigers. Yeah, this should definitely help them with their resume because they needed that win, especially doing it yeah. on the road, which is not easy at Houston. So that was a big win, and you could tell how happy he was in the in the in the, uh, the post game interview he did because you know Penny, I think you know the, they've had a hard season. You know they've you know mm-hmm. they just haven't been meshing well. They're starting to now. They're starting to kind of mesh. You know now. I mean they've won five in a row, so they got Cincy. You know tomorrow that should you know they should be able to win that game. Temple's been pretty good. You know so they they play Temple. Uh, Wichita State uh, they finish up their regular season against Houston on the sixth of March. So. If they can win a couple of those games and perhaps even better sweep Houston, especially you know if they advance pretty far in the conference tournaments, that should help them. Yeah, a couple of the scores from Saturday. Auburn had no problem with Texas A&M. And the Tennessee Volunteers ranked number 19 in the country. They take care of Vanderbilt 73-64. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting one too. State rivals playing each other. Because I got the best of St. Mary's. They're the new number one team in the country. Yay. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if they can hang on. I mean, they've had, you know, that they you know, they kind of beat it pretty handily. You know, Drew Timmy had 25 points. Um, they pulled away from St. Mary's. And, uh, yeah, that they, they beat it pretty handily in that game. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that of note? Um uh well, well, speaking of the bubble teams, Davis is a bubble team. They they took a step back. They beat they lost to Rhode Island. Um, so that's you know as an eight ten team that they are hoping to get multiple bids. This loss unfortunately does not help them. So you know they lost by seven to uh to uh, Rhode Island. So you know if you're one of those teams, you know from you know if you're the eight ten, you're kind of like you know praying that they can bounce back because. You're hoping to get maybe get multiple bids from that conference, and uh, this will not help you. And speaking of another bubble team, as we get into our schedule for the top 25 for this week, starting with tonight's game at 8 o'clock on ESPN. Number six, Kansas will host the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The Cowboys checking in with a 12-12 and mark. 
Yeah, unfortunately, Oklahoma State will not be participating in any uh, turn uh, any uh, postseason tournaments this year because of stuff that happened, you know, in the previous regime. That's a whole another whole another topic. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think you know the this is this should be interesting. It, oh, it's always interesting between the, between those two teams, you know, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and Kansas. But that should be a that should be a fun game at eight o'clock on ESPN. So. Yeah, tomorrow's schedule Tuesday looks like this. Number 19, Michigan, will travel to Penn State. That's at 5.30 on the Big Ten Network. At 6 o'clock on ESPN, Wake Forest will travel to Camden Camden Yards. Good grief. Uh, We'll travel to Cameron (laughs) Indoor (laughs) Stadium to take on uh, – I got baseball on my mind. We'll get to baseball in just a second. Wake Forest will play number nine, Duke, tomorrow at 6 o'clock on ESPN. At 6 p.m. at the same time on ESPN2, number 20, Texas will go to Oklahoma to take on the Fighting Porter Moses, as Lakina will call them, the Oklahoma Sooners. At 7 o'clock on the CBS Sports Network, number 10, Villanova will take on Ooh, number 8, fun. Providence. That should be at fun. 7.30 on the Big Ten Network, number 18, Ohio State will host Minnesota. Mm-hmm. At 8 p.m. on ESPN, part of Tuesday night doubleheader, number 4, Kentucky will travel to number 16, Tennessee, to face the Volunteers. At 8 p.m. on ESPN2, number 15, Wisconsin will travel to Indiana. That's a big game for Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and one then, desperately. Yeah, and at 8 o'clock on the SEC Network, number 23, Arkansas, will travel to Missouri to take on the Tigers. And that's Why? your schedule for Tuesday. Yeah, 8 o'clock, uh, Wyoming, number 22. Uh, they're you know new team in the top 25. They're from the Mountain West Conference. Remember those old Mountain West Conference from, you know, from those whack, the, the old whack from back in the day, those 8 11. We get whack. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, they play uh, New Mexico, Lobos. And uh, guess who's coaching that team now? Richard Pertino. Guess who's one of the players he's coaching? Jamal Mashburn's son. Jamal Mashburn. I heard about that. Yeah. They're making us feel old, Akina. <laughs> I know, right? Now, they, they've had, you know, but they're, they've they got a young squad. You know, this is uh, Richard Pertino's first year. I think next year is really what they're playing for. But this should mm-hmm. be, a, this should be a, a good game, though, too. That's at 8 o'clock. I'm sure it's going to be streamed somewhere. And uh, Butler faces DePaul on FS1. And also, too, uh, Utah State, San Diego State, those are t- other teams from the Mountain West that could very well end up you know, being a part of that bubble. So that should be a, a big one there on CBS Sports Network. Let's go to Wednesday's schedule. Number 12, Illinois will travel to Rutgers. Uh, that's at 6 o'clock on the Big Ten. There were big game. Alert. Upset alert. It could be, yeah. It could be big game for both teams. At 6 p.m. on ESPN2, Mississippi State will travel to Alabama to take on the Crimson Tide. Alabama is ranked number 25 in the country. At 7.30 p.m. on CBS Sports Network, this is the schedule continuing for Wednesday. Number 24, UConn will host Seton Hall. At 8 o'clock on SEC Network, number two, Auburn will face uh, Vanderbilt. At the same time, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network, number five, Purdue will travel to Evanston to take on the Northwestern Wildcats. Could be up there too. Could be up there for them too. At 8 p.m. on ESPN2, number seven, Baylor will travel to Texas Tech to face the number 11 ranked Red Raiders. And at 10 o'clock, late night action on ESPN2, number one, Gonzaga will face Pepperdine. Just one another another Mountain West uh, conference matchup on FS1 against 11 9 o'clock. Boise State and uh, the Air Force. Boise State's one of the bubble teams, and look, I'm sure that the look, I'm sure in Colorado that place is going to be rocking over at the Air Force Academy. So I'm sure they would love to play spoiler down there over there in Colorado Springs. So that's one matchup that you know up that I'm sure Boise State the Broncos could be on upset alert. 
Let's wrap up the schedule for Thursday in the top 25. Number 21, Murray State will host Austin P. That's at 6 p.m. on ESPNU at 6 30. Undefeated in the Ohio Valley right now, folks. They could you know, get to know those guys. And uh, yeah, uh, Murray State, yo, John Morant's uh, old school. So that should be a, you know, there could be a team that, that could break some hearts, you know, when we get to the tournament. But, you know, but, but the, again, it's still a long ways away. So keep going. <laughs> At 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, we'll have number three, Arizona. The Wildcats will host the Oregon State Beavers. Oregon State 3-19. and 19. Good grief. Well, remember, at- a lot, remember a lot of those guys that uh, they made it to the Elite Eight, and a lot of those guys, you know, those are veteran guys, and they're all gone. So that's why they're, you know, that's why I know, you know, Coach Tinkle, you know, got a, a nice little contract, essentially, thanks to that. But, you know, a lot of those guys are gone, so he's basically starting from scratch. That's why with the 3-19 and 19 record. At 8 o'clock, we'll have number 14, Houston. The Cougars will host UC- UCF. That's the University of Central Fuller for those of you scoring at home. Not going to be a very good mood, Houston. Houston Yeah, exactly. Those guys will not be in a good mood. (laughs) At 10 o'clock on FS1, we'll have Washington State. The Cougars will travel to Los Angeles to face number 13, UCLA Bruins. And at 10.30 on the Pac-12 Network, number 17, the USC Trojans will host the Washington Huskies. So that's your schedule on the top 25 for this week. Yeah, should be some good matchups. Like I said, we're going down to the wire with last two, two and a half weeks. So a lot of teams are going to be fighting for bubbles and position. We've mentioned a few of them too. So we'll see if they can you know, get out of that bubble. Yeah. Before we wrap up today's show with our Black History Moment, uh, Lakina, let's get to baseball quickly. As we talked about on our last episode, which was last Friday, uh, MLB uh, PA and the owners met on Saturday for, for an hour Little progress was made, but as we told you guys, uh, spring training was supposed to start this week. I know there hasn't been an official announcement yet, but we all know there's going to be a delay uh, to the start of spring training. Lakina, as I said before, I'm an eternal optimist, but I'm a realist first. We still have almost two weeks left in the month of February. I think they should get a deal done by March 3rd, which is 3rd or 4th, which March 4th, I believe, is Friday. Mm -hmm. I think if you're smart, if you're – the MLBPA, uh, you want to hammer out a schedule where you can get these guys into camp and have four weeks of, of spring training where you can start the season on time. I think that's what they're trying to do right now. But I know they're still far apart on some issues, but hopefully they can meet again sometime this week because meeting once a week is not helping. You still have some time, but not a whole lot of time if you want to start the season on time. Uh, you cannot play with the public's patience anymore. Uh, we have way more options, and this is the time for them to shine. I know the NBA is on this all-star break coming up this weekend, but and you still talk about college basketball, but uh, this is your time to shine if you're MLB and you're still in the labor dispute. This is this does not look good. I know it seems bleak right now, but uh, someone's got to take the bull by the horns and it has a sense of urgency and get this thing moving. Yeah, well, will there be, though? I think that's the thing. Will there be that sense of urgency that, that needs to be shown here? And I know they've made some concessions the players have. They made a couple of concessions. But it seems mm-hmm. like after this weekend, you know, after this past weekend's meeting, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of progress. And, you know, it, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, if you want to follow some, you know, some guys, you know, go to uh, Jesse Rogers and Jeff Passable from ESPN. They kind of have everything sort of mapped up. And, you know, there are still no plans to meet. So, you know, as of this recording. So I don't know what else we can, what can be done. I think, you know, look, I would love to say that we may not miss games, but we're at that point now where you're supposed, they're supposed to be meeting, you know, pitcher catch supposed to be, you know, supposed to be meeting as we speak in spring training. So 
unfortunately, with this going on, it doesn't look good at this point. Yeah, it doesn't look good, but hopefully things can turn around as soon as possible and we can get the regular season done on time and perhaps a four-week spring training schedule. You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in living color. Sid Lakina here with you. Let's wrap up today's show with something positive. Lakina, this is our Black History uh, moment. Uh, this is Black History Month, and we're doing our best to shine light on some great black musicians or and other things along that line. Lakina, I'll pull this one out of Big Mama's Grace today. is technically mine because she's passed away, but I think people are going to enjoy this. We'll, well, I'll describe it the best way I can for those of you listening back on our replay at War or Anchor. Today, from 1981, the album's called Street Songs from the late, great Rick James. <laughs> there he is with his guitar standing on the street corner in those red boots. And of course, you know his uncle was the was is the great. Um, uh, uh, this is what happens when you turn thirty. Uh, mm. Not uh, um, Franklin. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot his name, but it'll, it'll pop back in my mind in a minute. But this was a great album from 1981. Uh, Melvin Franklin. Melvin Franklin. Yes, uh, that's the, uh, that's the uncle of the great Ray James. Of course, Melvin Franklin. Franklin, the deep voice guy from the Temptations, you're in the band played on. I know it's a bad impression, but you you get the point. Uh, mm. Songs on this album: "Give It to Me, Baby," "Ghetto Life," "Make Love to Me," and "Mr. Policeman." That's on side one. Mm -hmm. Side two, "Super Free." You should be familiar with that, especially our younger listeners. MC Hammer stole that in 1990. Was mm hit. -hmm. You can't touch this. Mm -hmm. "Fire and Desire" with the late great Tina Marie. Great song. Uh, check out some of the documentaries on her on YouTube. Yeah, we'll get the behind the scenes of why that song was made. Call me up and below the funk in parentheses pass to Jay. Lakina, look at this cover on the back. He's surrounded by a policeman and a few women. And <laughs> Rick James was the Dennis Rodman of his day. Today we'll we salute Rick James in the album Street uh Street Songs from 1981. No, I did not borrow this. No, I did not buy it off eBay. You cannot have it. And no, you cannot have it. So we'll salute Rick James' album, Street Stones, from 1981 today. Lakina, any last thoughts on uh, about Rick James? Did you like his music? Didn't you like it? Oh, yeah, I liked his music, like I said before. I mean, look, Super Freak, I think, was like a top like five hits, you know, back yes. in 81. So, you know, I think everybody remembers that song. Like you said, that, you know, Hammer's... Uh, sampled that hook, you know, for his, you know, mega hit, You Can't Touch This, like, about 10 mm -hmm. years later. So, yeah, those were, you know, remember those, you know, songs, a couple of those other songs you mentioned from that album. And, look, once, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, the drugs kind of, like, took over his life because he was mm -hmm. such a great, you know, singer-songwriter. So he produced, you know, the Mary Jane Girls. Yes, you know, not, it's not what you think, folks. You know, real relax <laughs> on that. And, you know, and also, too, uh, he co-wrote uh, Eddie Murphy's hit party all the time. So they like to party all the time. Woo! Well, hey, look, look, that was a, look, that was a top, look, that was a top ten song. For yes, him, it was for, for Eddie yes. Murphy. So uh, yes. yeah, he could, he wore that with a badge of honor. So yeah, I mean, look, he had some great music. I was talking about Rick James, and it was just look, it was just unfortunate that you know, of course, you know, Tina Marie and then such, you know, they had a you know, tumultuous relationship. You go back to watch behind the music, you know, featuring uh, Tina. You know, she really gets into their relationship and. Yeah, and also watch uh, Unsung. Uh, you can find it on yes. YouTube, both on Rick James and Tina Marie. You'll get yeah. some more great insight. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, just you know, just great music, and you know, and like I said before, it's a it's a shame that 
just kind of took over over his his side. So, yeah. And I'll say this too. Shout out to comedian Dave Chappelle doing his show back some years ago. Uh, even though he was making fun of Rick James, he actually brought Rick James back. And remember, Lakina, this was, turned out to be uh, their last mm -hmm. appearance together before uh, Rick James unfortunately passed away in 2004. Remember, I believe it was the second year of the BET Awards. It was him and, of course, now the late Tina Marie performed Fire Desire for the last time. That was the last time we saw both of them in public together. It turned out to be Rick James' last public appearance before he passed away. I thought that was a great performance. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube somewhere. But um, Dave Chappelle brought Rick James back into our conscience uh, as, a, as a society. So uh, we'll, we'll give uh, Dave Chappelle his props on, on, on that as well. So like I said, Rick James was a creator of the punk funk. Of course, at that time, um, new wave music was coming out and Brit pop was coming out at that time. So, and he stood out from the, uh, from the rest. So he, he was truly a, a genius. And he, um, we miss him. So his music lives on forever. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, if you listen to all the songs, you might recognize some of the hooks. So folks just yes. keep a look out for them. Oh, just want to shout out, you know, someone who made history herself, you know, Aaron Jackson. She's a speed skater. Yes. In the Olympics, you know, 500 meters. Uh, won the gold medal uh, early yesterday morning. You know they showed it last night in the in the primetime coverage after the Super mm -hmm. Bowl and you know, on NBC. If you guys didn't see it yesterday, uh, she actually um, skated out during the trials. But Elizabeth Ho, who, How, who is uh, her teammate, uh, they trained the same facility. They've known each other for years. You know she actually she won the trials. But actually gave her spot to Aaron, and that she was able to come in and. You know, come in and had a great time. You know, she won it pretty handily. So, you know, you know, good, good, a good call by her, and uh, some that way. You know, you know, she was able to make it. Brittany Bow, I should say, that's her name, Brittany Bow. That you know, she you know gave her spot to Aaron, and you know, she was able to make history. Well, congratulations to Miss Jackson <laughs> for for making history. What a great way to uh, end this episode of Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here live in Living Color on Sports Sports Zone Chicago. We had a very good Super Bowl, Lakina. We talked about college football. It was a sorry, college football. Good grief, college basketball. Of course, the Bulls. They still have their issues going on, even on there on the three game winning streak. Winning streak. The NBA. By the time we reconvene here on Friday, Lakina, the NBA will be. Uh, uh, at his uh, at his All Star break, hoping we bring our illustrious panel back to discuss mm -hmm. what happened during the first half of the season in preview NBA All Star weekend. Hopefully, baseball, uh, the MLBPA, and the owners will get back together and perhaps make some real progress. We'll see about that. And college basketball is going into its uh, final stretch of the regular season. Yeah, a lot. Of, you know, yes, football's over with. You know, we're gonna get yep. to you know the. The whole thing, you know, with the the, the off season stuff and moves and whatnot, you know, cap room and whatnot. But you know, but you look, there's still a lot going on, like you said, so with everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there's still a lot of sports to enjoy, folks. Yeah, yes, yes, football's over. Yes, it's you know, it sucks. But <laughs> uh, you know what though? It, it look the the you know the NFL it doesn't stop. The season does not stop. So it's going to still be a lot of stuff happening. So but yeah, like March sixteenth, the new calendar year will be here yep. before you know it. All yeah, right, so, Lakina Coates is out. Yeah, the season will be here before you know it too next season. So please yeah. don't, don't get discouraged, folks. With that said, you can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina Score McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80, S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. 
SIDKID80. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to War on Anger to catch our podcast, Second City Sports, and follow War Media on WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, right here from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Once again, Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And keep it right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I think uh, What's Up Cubs is on tonight at 6 p.m. Yep. And Ivory Vargas, I believe, has his uh, uh, his uh, Bears uh, Super Bowl recap show later today, I believe, mm-hmm. at 4 o'clock on Sports Zone Chicago. So yep. keep it right here for more sports content. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, well, hopefully we'll have that NBA panel for you, our midseason panel, if you will, coming up on Friday, too. And also, too, Miss Christine Medica will also be with us, too. Well, we'll figure out you know, what we're going to do, you know, what season's mm-hmm. over with. We'll, we'll still have her on, like, every – probably every other week or maybe every couple mm-hmm. weeks or something or once a month or something. So she's still going to be on, folks, so don't worry about that. But uh, with that said, for Sid, I'm LaCan. This is Second City Sports on Sports of Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Talking about get all light. Holla! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>